Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy Hits Channel 99 It's the Ron and Fez show on a Tuesday. Tuesday, and that means uh, one thing, meatloaf plate. Uh, Chris Stanley, I asked you to book a couple winners to come in here today. Who do you have for me? Mr. Big J Okerson. Oh, Big yeah. J. I'll give myself applause. I am winner. a winner. <laughs> and Big Mike Fenoya. How you doing, Mike? Doing well. Thanks for having me. You know what? Both you guys have moved on. Moved yeah. on. Not everyone has. I got some numbers here to let you know what's happening with the Highlander Challenge. Now, at the end of this, one comedian will find themselves at the top of the heap. One alone. <laughs> one alone that will live forever. 49 people signed up. Already 13 are out. Really? In the wow. first week. Yeah. 13. Oh, did, did last night clear people out? Yeah. Uh, what do we get? We got a couple, um, four more. Four more eliminated. Four more eliminated last <laughs> night. <laughs> Who's eliminated last well, let's, uh, oh, let's yeah. just go back and forth. Wait, did anyone take the Giants, actually? And lose, the, you know, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> I enjoyed this yesterday. I enjoyed this very much. I like this. <laughs> we find out who moves on, who stays. There, there really was two Giants. Oh, really? Last night. It's yeah. hard to believe. Man. Let's, uh, they deserve to lose. Yeah. Let's check some of these folks here. Now, uh, we'll just set it up, and you tell me whether you think that they've you know won or lost. Jeffrey Gurian. Oh, Jeffrey Gurian. I, I hope he lost, because I feel like he made a pick like a chick would. You know Based I mean? on the color of the uniform? Yeah, like, they, like <laughs> their helmets go good with their uniforms. I survived another week. Jeffrey Gurian, very, very safe. He picked the Lions. Took the Lions. He picked nice the pick. Lions. Uh, Mike Bacchetti. Now, Mike Bacchetti picked... He just wrote in sparkly ponies. Let's see <laughs> how he did. Eliminated. I think I thought Bacchetti would have like Rain Man like qualities of being able to like play the numbers and figure it all out. No, he had picked the Giants. I was gonna say he was one of the Giants picks. And next week he had played the Jets, so I'm pretty sure. He wanted to just root for people who he could see from his house. Uh let's take a look at this. Tommy Jonakin. I'm gonna say no, he picked the Patriots. I think it's uh, yeah. I say he's. Uh, I don't. He doesn't strike me as a sports guy. Eliminated. 
Chargers. Ah, West Coast. He's a West Coast guy now, you know? That's as close as you can get to LA. That's a tough game to pick week one. Yeah. Yeah, everyone goes hard week one, I think. That's what happens. Yeah, that does happen. You're in trouble now without the Eagles. Yeah, I just, but I just said I was going to, like, you know, I was going to fly or die by the Eagles this week and see what happens. Well, you must have been freaking out 17 nothing. I was pretty bummed. I was I was sure they had lost. I was texting people. Is it a nightmare if it happens all the time? <laughs> I don't believe it that far. And then by the end of the game, I'm, I'm like, I never gave up hope. I really, I really become like pouty child. I'm like, it's just no. stupid. I thought I'd be in that pool for a little while longer. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, I can't even get one. Like, I'm gonna I'm, not, I'm gonna be on the road the next two games. And I can't even get one. Just not one. I really take it very personally. They're yeah. doing it to me. They're, yeah. It's very personally being done to me. You never get anything you want. That hurts, Jay. That hurts. Paul Morrissey. Mm. I don't know about Morrissey. He's a West Coast guy, too, right? Yep. Eliminated. He's another Giants guy. I don't know. You you have read nothing this year if you're taking the Giants. They're fucking awful. There's no offense. Yeah, that That's was good, a terrible though. game. Did you watch any of it? Yeah, it was yes. terrible. That was brutal. I think we're phasing out everybody who has to watch football at 10 a.m. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> I think you ever have those guys trying to tell you it's great? It's great. You wake up, you're yeah. having... Oh, and when the football's over, you still got the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, you're hung over by out. two. I lived in Denver, <laughs> so one o'clock games yeah. would start at 11. But those Denver people get crazy. Yeah, it was, it was bananas. You know what's funny, too, about Denver is, like, you'll be... 900 miles away and walk into a place and they're Denver fans because it's the most local they get. So you're in like Montana and people are like, oh, <laughs> yeah, fuck, this is our boys. And you're like, you, you got to get a hotel room right after the game. It's too fucking far. That's so true. Oklahoma. They're all Denver fans. Uh, Chris Laker. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. I think Chris might st- might still be in there still. I survived another week. Why did Rocky not take that song? Because he's, he's insane. Rocky, he's, Rocky yeah, three. Yeah, he turned it down. <laughs> he turned it down. I think uh, is uh, uh, what's the name of the guy who sings that song? I, I have it. On my iPod somewhere. <laughs> really? Oh, of course. Is, is that what you listen to before you go up on that's stage? Where, uh, that's the scene. Right, right, after, right after that song. That's rider. Right after that song uh, in the movie is when the the blonde haired Cobra Kai guy, not the main, not yeah. Johnny, but the other asshole. And uh, I love that it's like high school kids with the mouths on high school kids. Now people talk in real life for him to go points or no points. You're dead meat. I don't think teenagers say that to each other. It probably would have been something about his mother's gash or something. I, this is why I seriously want you as an editor. Mm-hmm. I think that you could be there yeah. and help out some of these films. <laughs> this Imagine doesn't the, ring true to me. <laughs> Imagine the career Ralph Macchio would have had had yeah. I been able to step in there and say that. Jackie Martling. Now, I, I know this. He took someone in a leather helmet. <laughs> <laughs> the Baltimore Colts. Jackie Martling. Eliminated. Jackie is the only person who had trouble working the ESPN. <laughs> I picked no one. I was going to say, no I just, before you said I looked over the favor and saw because he's out with no pick. <laughs> he actually just 
tried to do it on his toaster. He was very confused. He just yelled at the computer? <laughs> yeah. Help me! <laughs> Siri! The giant! <laughs> well, he does know a lot of jokes, though. And he has a 420 joke every day. Every day, 420, new joke for you. Nice. From Jackie Martin. I feel bad about that one. I wanted Jackie... I, I definitely wanted Jackie to last a while, and I really wanted Bichetti to last a while. Marlon going out with no pick is really the heartbreaker. It, <laughs> it almost should get a prize in itself. <laughs> did, uh, did Fez get furious at that Jason Nash kid, right? Still in it. It's Jason Nash, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people rooting for Jason Nash only because they know that It'll hurt Fez's feelings. Oh, I gotta ask: Is Fe- is Fez now just blindly a Cowboys fan? Because Michael Sam went to the practice squad. I don't know because Michael Sam did such a bad job on the practice squad that he didn't get that team ready for the Forty ers <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Where is Sam? <laughs> Come you, on, you know you got a job to do. You got to prep them. If Sam had been in that game, it might have been a different story. <laughs> I am not watching any football, Big J, until Michael Sam is legitimately on a team like he deserves to be. Now, uh, this is a funny one. This just shows you how blind people are. Uh, Hicks yesterday was trying to figure out who was going to pick up Rice. Yeah. You know, as soon as he got dropped. Right. I'm like, no one is touching this fucking guy. I really thought it was going to. Someone's like, going to take a piece. Oh, yeah, somebody needs him. I get a uh, thing from Dave last night betting me lunch that the Jets would pick him up. Everybody sees the Jets as a circus team. They're the Raiders of the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, because... But the Raiders at least thought, we'll get these guys and try to win. And, you know, the fucking Jets just think, we'll get the back page. You know, all they want is to steal the back page from the Giants. They should make him fight Ronda Rousey, that female MMA stuff. <laughs> He'd kill her. I did this stuff before. I used to do a bit when I was in Florida that I had this intern. He was about Shelby's size. And I said, there's no woman in the world that can beat a man. I'll have anyone fight this intern. I make that argument, too. And... Um, he would just destroy chicks, and they would be professional boxers would come in, and this kid who could not fight would fucking win. That's why when people go, you know, we shouldn't be mad that he hit a, a woman, he hit a person. Yeah, but it is even worse when it's a woman. Yeah, They just can't take a punch. Is, but you're absolutely right about that. It actually gets me very, I get very frustrated in conversations when women try to like trivialize men like that and they all say it's like oh well, not you know if i got a friend who's like skinny it's like oh well not you like i'd kick your ass you know if yeah. you got out of line with me it's like no you wouldn't no you wouldn't no. shelby why would you say that shelby would beat up the the toughest ghetto girl after fucking <laughs> class uh, no, i want to watch the, no, there's nothing more in the world i want to see <laughs> other than that happen well, can i tell you the crowds we used to fucking draw for these fights <laughs> and then the worst thing is that the kid would train and like nine or ten fights into it, he would just be carving women up. <laughs> this is not good. He hit a woman so hard once, and this is like, if we're doing a morning show, 10,000 people show up for this. He hits this woman, and it was one of those things where she was out, and the arms were out, and nothing was happening. Mm. And uh, 
Uh, Randy uh, Macho Man Savage was the referee for me that day, <laughs> and he's stu- and like as soon as she's not waking up, I got this. That's the end of my money. My money is, <laughs> is leaving. You know the number one. You know I'm Ray Rice. Doesn't matter <laughs> what your stats are. You just killed a woman in the yeah, ring. You, you facilitated a, yeah. a female <laughs> beating to death. I'm just thinking like, wake up, wake up. And then Randy Savage is right next to me. He's like, I don't know, brother. She's not moving. She's gone. <laughs> Spirits left her, and he was totally Spirits serious. He thought she was dead in the ring. Shit, it's a brainstem. And I'm like, let Doctor Savage all of a sudden. Let the doctor deal with it, Be Randy. Positive, Randy. Yeah. Come on. I don't know, dude. That uh, that fear is. Uh, I had a girl years ago in a hotel room in Houston, Texas. Like a couple people came, but Nate Bargatze and these like yeah. this guy who brought these roller derby girls back, and she was doing a uh, whippets. And she did it one time and made that computer duster girl face from yeah. the intervention. <laughs> and she just face planted on the floor and went out. For and in the thirty seconds that she was like kind of like out of it, I was like, I was like, drag her in the hallway. I just didn't want her anywhere near me. Like, let's cut her, chop up. her up. Put her in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. Get some lie. Let's drive to Nevada. <laughs> I I knew a fucking dude that woke up next to a corpse before me. <laughs> like just fucking rolled over in the morning and just touched ice cold. cold oh fuck. You know. Wow. And from partying the whole yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> so was he a railroad bum? On her arm next yeah. to him. Everybody was just like, man. Yeah. Really? That could happen to anyone, but. Hooker or just like some party no, chick? No, just a regular girl from the neighborhood. Everybody was just fucking partying. Her thing didn't work out properly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Hendrix Zig, what you yeah. should have said. Yeah. Man. Like, just to know you're touching. That frozen corpse right next to you. And you've been there like all night. Yeah, of course. You rot. wonder if they acted like Chunk. It's a stiff. (laughs) so awful. It's just the the worst thought. How do you ever get over it? You can't go to sleep ever again. I don't even think. (laughs) Ever again? Today, I think he refuses to to just even pick up his own kids. Stay away from God. I'm jinxed. I'm evil. Well, you guys are doing all kinds of shit now, right? On the road, p- p- stuff's happening with you. Where are you going next? Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow for Minneapolis. Uh, then I'm going to, right there from from there to L.A. I'm doing Ari Shafir's This Is Not Happening, the storytelling show. On It's going to be on Comedy Central now. Very cool. On TV, and then I'm going to Edmonton, Canada. And then I'm doing a motor a motorhead cruise. <laughs> good. That's good. That's awesome. It is good. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun. If our own government doesn't bomb that fucking <laughs> You've lost complete faith in the yeah, government. Yeah, I have. <laughs> so, Mike, this is nice for you because you get the apartment with him going. Absolutely. That's right. Really excited and about that. And my gal. <laughs> he gets the apartment and my gal. Ooh. I don't care. I'm going on Motorhead Cruise. I can't can't be bothered with this nonsense. You you already know what your uh, thing is, Ferrari. Do you know what story you're going to tell? I did. (laughs) The producers have talked to me a bunch about it, so (laughs) we'll see. They they don't like your story? No, they do. They just... Just doesn't pass muster. There, the concern seems to be that Comedy Central does see me... They're worried about them seeing me simply as like a dirty comic, and I was like... I am though. <laughs> like, that sort of is what I do. So right. why would I? Why would you not be? Yeah, we saw what happened when Dice tried to do a sitcom. Remember that? I thought it worked. <laughs> I, it. I thought it was a nice guy, and I love him as a hamster too. I, 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 I think he's a hell of an actor. 
His hamster work is fantastic. I never so, saw the Woody. But does uh, it still movie. feel like an insult when someone says to you, "Yeah, but you're so dirty"? No, because so I because I think I figured out how to do that. Yeah, in a way that I don't think everybody could do it. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't think it's just if anyone did just try to say, like, oh, he's just being dirty. I was like, well, then go just be dirty. See how that yeah, works out not, for you. You're not filthy just for the point of being filthy. Well, there's a lot of people that, you, you're you right, Well, people say, well, anyone can get a laugh with that. It's not fucking true. You know no, yeah. I mean? It's not true. A lot of people get groans, and then yeah. they get uncomfortable with those groans, and then it yeah. turns into a whole weird thing. Yeah. But see, here's the thing you also have going for you. You're adorable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's the X factor. Yeah. <laughs> you are the person that, well, it, you know, with Joan dying, it's this thing that's so funny that so many people now want to just come in and say nice things because I think with her you can't hug a porcupine you know what I mean like I think people always really liked her but they had to wait till now before they could say it I'm talking about like the New York Times and people like that yeah you know? yeah Sure, it's, it's, it's funny when, you know, when people die, all the positivity comes out. <laughs> I don't, you know, I wonder if that happens with Manson, though. I just wonder if <laughs> Charlie Manson dies. I'm gonna be sad because I, I will tell you this: he's kept us entertained for decades. Yeah, his mu- and, with his music, <laughs> his, with his music, his stories, his girlfriend, the interviews, his dances, he invents oh, dances God, yes. out of nowhere. What's the, what's the main interview he does where he's a uh, the narrator for that interview is what's one of my favorite things uh, in the world when she is just like, she goes, sometimes he would be very lucid and have a conversation. That's when he starts talking about it. He goes, they make me uh, keep my hair long and my yeah. beard. He goes, I want to shave this, but they'd rather have me look like a lunatic. And then you're like, hey, you know, that seems like a pretty fucked up thing. He seems to be aware of what's going on. And then he goes, to moments of pure insanity. And she was like doing like karate moves. Like, I'm over here. I'm over there. And we're on the atmosphere. Yeah. No, look. No, 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 no. No, we didn't st- expect you to start hurting, jerking back and forth like and a one, fucking lunatic. And then one was it Tom Snyder was like smoking, hit hard hitting with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. Why did you do it, Charles? You know, in the Tate LaBianca residence. That fucking changed everything for everybody, though. Like, before that, people didn't use to lock their doors. Okay. And then they went, wait, hippies kill people. Hippie cults. Fuck this. <laughs> I can't really figure it. Really, and he had like those, uh, all those chicks like around him. None of them good looking. No. Which really is funny. It, it, it beefs. It really is. If you're going to have a bunch of like fours hanging around you, you got to like fuck them by the three. That's the move. All right, that's smart move. That is smart move. Simple math, right there. Yeah, that's ba- yeah. It's just pure. That's, it's just a just crunching numbers. <laughs> you see, you could end up in a in a boardroom somewhere. <laughs> now remember, four fours, right? Beat a ten. <laughs> but you know, he they were all goers. That's the thing about his chicks. You know, like sometimes when he didn't even want to fuck, they were going to get on the ground and eat each other out. Why he watched TV. So, I mean, they were there for him. You want to know a, a real uh, situation where I, why I respect Charles Manson in some ways? Uh, me and Christine, uh, a while ago, driving in a car. Yeah. Girl walks by the car, slaps the hood, and was like, you know, like, I'm walking, asshole, or something like that. And I'm like, yo, fuck you, cunt. Christine just sits there, and I'm like, go fucking do something. And she's like, what? Do you want me? So I had to circle the block it out and spit in the girl's face. Okay. Me. I, as a man, I had to do that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hit her. There was cameras everywhere. I had to spit in her face. And then... Wait, the you're one okay t- with the cameras showing you spitting in her face? <laughs> I don't care about that. She had that coming. Why would you hit my beautiful car? <laughs> then, 
<laughs> Another time, guy hits my car. I get out. We get into a scuffle. I knock him unconscious. It's amazing. I get back in the car. And this is what she says. With nothing to support this, she just goes, all right, so you knocked out a gay guy. What? I'm like, what did you? Wow. Why, first of all, right. why would that make it less awesome? Yeah. I just got justice for a guy hitting my car, and uh, why do you? She just assumed he was gay for some reason because I knocked him out one punch. <laughs> he <laughs> must have been gay. Why is this car a fucking bug light for lunatics? Yeah, that's <laughs> no, I don't know. Dragging all these weirdos. Are just in. running people it's over? It's a very yeah. hittable car. <laughs> I gotta take you out and get this thing matted or fucking bubble wrap. It's always hippies I gotta fight because it's an SUV yeah. and they hate my emissions. Now, where did you spit in the girl's face at? Would you believe that both these problems happened right on, like, the corner of, like, 5th Street and 1st Avenue? Yes. Drunk <laughs> people. Both yeah. expected yeah. worst. that. <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing is, some people, they despise spitting so bad mm -hmm. that if you, you know, got brought into court for that, you'd have a lot of people who want to throw the fucking book at you. That's fine. I hate a spitter. That's our buddy Jay. He's I know. A spitter. I you hate, hate him. I hate spitting. I think it's awful. It's Roberto Alomar. That's all I could ever yeah, think of. You know Roberto Alomar. Watch porn and they spit on the vagina and everybody's fucking happy with yeah. it. Big fan. I mean, why yes. is it? it. Why fan. is it fine to spit on a vagina and not a face? I was lubing her face for cock. Yeah. <laughs> Your Honor, I rest. <laughs> yeah. No further questions. Yeah. The. Um, they make a big deal about spitting, but yeah, like, like we said, the girl would make out with you in a heartbeat. So what's the big fuck? You know what I mean? Stop acting like spitting is so important. No, I do. I think it is horrible. But there's nothing else like I wouldn't hit a girl ever. And I spit in a guy's face. It was a fucking car thing, in front of my small children. Oh. And one of my children, as I pulled, and I'm I, I have fucking rageous shoes that I always try to take care of. As I'm pulling away. I fucking feel horrible that it did it. And one of my kids said, that was so cool. And I said, was it wasn't cool! Daddy just fucking got a little crazy! That's no way to treat a human being! But then I also had that thing that you're so mad that you want to punch someone to death, and then you don't fight. So what happens to that fucking energy? Like three years comes off your life? Yes! You just fucking it's just been molded yeah. to something. It really was all harnessed to explode, yeah. and that didn't get to explode. I, yeah. uh, I've had a couple of things happen in front of my daughter, which I hate. But she, uh, but it's funny. Like she, she's almost so casual about it now that I've actually said, "I'm like, I'm like, don't be like dad." And she's like, "I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she knows. <laughs> I know I shouldn't. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I plan on getting an education. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be a good person, like mom says. You know what? Sometimes we influence people just by being ourselves. We don't even know how. <laughs> that can work for you. That can work for you. This is a place for you to rise out of, okay? <laughs> Not living. Love it. It's like, that. Do you ever see that documentary, that North Philly documentary, uh, We Are King or something like that, with the two schools, and then they go on to be champions of, um, of Philadelphia? No, some I high school. It's a Martin Luther King High School. I forget who they fucking teamed up with, but the fucking coach was Tom Rowe. See this dirt and this trash? Good, use it. This is what you rise out of. And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking lucky to be fucking born into shit. Because you don't have to do too much. You get accepted to a junior college and everyone's crying at the graduation. It's part of it. Yeah, you're you know? folding jeans. You're yeah. like, now you're cutting the turkey yeah. at Thanksgiving. But right now, there's fucking Rockefeller kids just staring at the ceiling. I don't know what to do. Twenty Gates' kids feel like retards. 20-foot high ceilings. Just giant fucking yeah. houses. 
Does that that was always a nice move for you too, right? Chris? Oh yeah, there were no there were no expectations. Like I got into college, yeah, and even I got arrested a few times. It wasn't that big a deal? Because so was, you weren't convicted. Exactly. That's what yeah. they're looking for. Oh. Got knocked no down. convictions. <laughs> like if, you're, Chris. if your father's like a like a musician or something, like you have to at least pick up the shitty bass or something. How many people have like let's say that had a rock star father have you know pulled in and done okay for themselves? Like the the Dylan kid. Had a couple of hits. Yeah. And it still yeah. looks like, ah, uh, poor bastard. He didn't last 50 years like his dad. And then you look at Bonham's son, Jason Bonham. He plays drums for, like, every band that continues to keep going. Right. Since he jumps in, yeah. yeah. he plays drums for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Ancillary. Like Ringo's of, son, yeah, too. Yeah, Ringo's uh, kid does, too. He plays for the Hoot with the Wolfgang Van Halen. Wolfie. Yeah, he's Van Halen and son. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's nepotism. Yeah. Dweezil Zappa's doing that Zappa plays Zappa thing. That's big. Is that weird though? Zappa plays Zappa. You know. I've seen uh, I've I, seen them a couple times. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? It's pretty good. I mean, he's dead yeah. on. You know, and he's got a large orchestra behind him, so it's pretty good. It's he a nails weird, it. It's a weird thing to be born in a shadow. It's a tough thing, especially a Zappa. I shadow. would hate to have him yeah. as my dad. Man. Jesus, uh, weird Rosa, guy. When I live with the Rosa. He would play that nonsense in the other room. I just never. And he hates that. Huh? He, he never even got to stuff like that. He goes, he goes, dude, he goes, check out this song. This song is so awesome. And then I come in the room and just like, the first 15 minutes is going like, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, what are we? Are we fucking? Are we dancing? Like, what do we do to this song exactly? Do you come here and Watch like. Watch seizure cartoons? Do you, do, you mind, do you mind control women with this? Take off your pants. Oh, wah, 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 Did you uh, hear the DeRosa soda fight over football? I did. It was fucking hysterical. That really was. DeRosa's still in? Yeah, DeRosa's still that in. That would yeah. infuriate me, too, if I was at DeRosa's still in. DeRosa and uh, and, and Louis J. Gomez, I would, those are the two I'd be, like, pretty angry. I don't think he had any trouble with Gomez. But he, was... picked, he, turned it over to his, uh, he turned it over to his fans, and they told him to pick the uh, Patriots. What's really funny was the only bummer about Louis... Uh, not winning was he told me if he won because he's not a sports guy. It's pretty funny. Did you hear this at all? No. He said he's gonna uh, he's gonna eBay the helmet and then use the money to go get Asian uh, rub and tug. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I go, that would have been the best yeah, answer. You know, I'll just cherish the helmet. <laughs> yeah, like, some, like a nerd. <laughs> He'll be wearing. I'll wear it on I'll Super Bowl Sundays. <laughs> my jersey That's with it. my wrong Eagles jersey. I think now that we hear that, we should just give away a rub and tug. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's the There'd be equal excitement throughout the, yeah. the that pool. That should be Jackie Martling's preference. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> For no pick. Yeah. No pick, you win the Somewhere he probably thinks he did well. Brad <laughs> Soder didn't go with the Niners. He didn't want to waste it early. He swears that he thought you were supposed to pick the loser. That's why he fucked up. He thought since it's elimination, you picked the team that you thought was going to be eliminated, which makes zero sense. Is that what he thought? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's such like a. I didn't do my homework. Oh, there was, was instructions next, on the that... page that I said. Well, that, uh, everyone bets. Yeah. You never pick the loser in anything. I'm sure we'll get. He's always oh, coming. Yeah, we're doing our we're doing our first live. You're doing uh, the live one tonight, tonight. right? Yeah, yeah. I'll make I'll make be sure to make fun of him for Good. that. So he picked. So what was his pick? Um, Packers. Which is yeah, he picked the Packers <laughs> against the Seahawks, and a, a couple of guys that did that, right? Yeah. Who uh, bets against the Super Bowl champions? On the first game of yeah. the Seattle's good this year, too. And here's the thing. With the Packers, uh, if you're a Packers fan, wait two weeks, and they're going to be you know, up to beat somebody by 11. They're going to play the Giants wow. eventually. I'm going to give you the elimination thing. 
to really win this. Instead of picking the team that you think is great, pick against the worst fucking team you can find that week. That's the thing. If you can catch a shitty team on the road, bet against them. Don't don't go rooting for Seattle to win something. Yeah, like go against the Bills. Yeah, or, well, yeah. I, I rode the Bills like eight fucking weeks in a pool one time, and it wasn't until they started <laughs> playing people a second time yeah. that they had to wake up and fucking, <laughs> oh no, now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, you know what it is? My fear with that stuff is always, uh, I believe in the equilibrium of the world. So if a team, like my concern, I was going to go, I was going to pick the Eagles yeah. uh, to beat the Jaguars. And then my idea would be I'll pick the Jaguars next week because they'll want to like win. But then they're playing the Redskins, who also lost. So I don't know what to do in a game like that, and I just get confused. You're betting like a child now. That's the way children bet. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, the first time I tried to figure it out, I was like, we beat the Packers, and the Packers beat the Vikings, so we're going to destroy the Vikings. That's like your first logical thinking as a child that you find out doesn't work in sport. First of all, most of these games are toss-ups anyway. It's a fucked-up league that way. Especially this early. Yeah, this early we don't know. I want to... Uh, we don't know. That was Philly was the first team in NFL history to come back from 17 point or more deficit at the half and win by 17 or more ever. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I like, I like those uh, those stats. <laughs> Isn't that the stupidest thing? It's, it's the first field goal kick between minutes 732 <laughs> yeah. and 755. Trends they call them all this. Guys just got well, a pile you know, of coke and an almanac. <laughs> but while the rice story was so big yesterday. In college football, they slipped in, letting Penn State go to bowl games again. Yeah. Oh, what? Yes. Yeah. You didn't even know that? I didn't know that happened. That should have been the biggest fucking story ever. And they just said, yep, they've done enough. They're back in the bowl games. It's been two years since that broke? Three, I believe. In the scholarship thing, right, yeah, too? The yeah. scholarship thing. <laughs> Every tainted butthole's graduated. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why they did it, they said, well, they've been doing everything right. And you're like, yes, that's what normal people do. <laughs> no one's been <laughs> fucked for you. No one's been fucked for years. <laughs> you know, the 18 years before that, when there were just kids getting banged left and right. They were talking about it on the fan this morning about how why should the kids be punished? Mm -hmm. They should just make the coaching staff coach for free. You know, like no salary, fire everybody that was involved. Well, the, you know, the, the kids should also be punished because they picked that school. So this yeah. is what happens. Is you know, it's like. If you say if you see a German, you do a fucking Nazi joke to him. You're like, hey, that wasn't me. That was as far as born. So what? You <laughs> still, still you you carry this around. <laughs> What's now. your grandfather? You know what I mean? Yeah. Ironically, half those kids would take a finger and ask to go to a ball game. I don't even think it's that ironic. I think, <laughs> I think they would just because coach told them. We're raising these kids just to fucking do whatever a coach, coach tells them. to be more protein in my diet and take finger up the ass. That's coach, though, right? You know, that's what he says. That's skipper. Yeah, you gotta do what he says. You know, team first. So, Chris, you didn't even know that story. No, right? They reinstate the wins too to Paterno. No, I don't think so. No, yeah, no, no one cares about Paterno. So I'm moving forward. He died money. right on time for that one, huh? Yeah. The, I, the statue. I think his. The statue will mysteriously reappear during the night. I think uh, the way that he died, too, was they say an AD director just put a pillow over <laughs> Like Godfather 2. <laughs> Let it go. Go to that big game in the sky. Let it go, coach. <laughs> Every fucking Corpus. picture of him, he's got white sweat socks on, no matter what. He's yeah. a fucking wedding. What a creep. Why is he creep? He didn't do it. <laughs> 
He, he just let other people. Yeah, exactly. He let other. He facilitated kid banging. If we found out that fucking Shelby was molesting someone, <laughs> we'd be like, "Oh, he's a dick." We wouldn't get involved. No I'm one gets Paterno involved. Standing in the sun all those years on the sidelines <laughs> with those magnifying glasses, I'm surprised his eyeballs didn't catch on fire. Yeah, I know. The last 18 years, he wasn't even coaching anyway. No. His fucking headset wasn't plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Statue of Liberty play. Book and ladder. Playground football yeah. plays. Statue so of Liberty. Fall down, pretend you hurt your ankle, and get up and run. Go out to the Buick, make a left. I'm gonna fucking pop you. That I'm gonna really, pump you. Yeah. Uh, Mike played uh, high school football. I, I played. I went to the Hell Week. I only went to a school one year that had football. I did the Hell Week, and it was having, I was having a very hard time with it. <laughs> played a lot of neighborhood football. Very, yeah. but in neighborhood football. I'm the QB. I got a cannon. <laughs> Turns out they wouldn't let a 300 pound kid play quarterback. That's odd, uh, right? And they wouldn't let a slow 300 pound kid play receiver or anything. All the fun stuff I could play in neighborhood football. Yeah. I was a beast at all those things. I wasn't a running back. It turns out Two just a boring offensive lineman and special teams. And I remember like the fourth day of like that five day hell week, we kicked. Uh, they were we were doing kickoff practice or punt practice, and they would punt. We'd all run down, and I just remember the feeling. It was like the fourth day, so I was like, man, I'm really making progress. I'm doing so good. And I remember flying down the field and feeling so alive. And I heard that coach go, Okerson, if you don't get the lead out of your dick, I'm going to bite it out. <laughs> and then I, and in my head, I immediately went, three plays from now, I'm faking an injury and I'm off this team. And I swear to you, that's what I did. <laughs> I went, my knee, oh, my knee, I've got a knee problem. And I just like, and it, it was amazing that those football coaches are no bullshit. Like one of them was my social studies teacher. Yep. And he'd be like, and like for a couple weeks afterwards, he'd be like, how's your knee, faggot? Like really would talk like that to me. Yeah. And I was so shamed that I didn't even tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> my or, I, or I guess I was a man. <laughs> I was so ashamed. My mom. I didn't even tell my mom. My high school football coach was my baseball coach, my psychology teacher, and he also <laughs> coached my dad. Oh, really? in baseball, uh, yeah, like ninety. Holy shit! Yeah, he was so old. Did he have a vendetta with your father? He took it on you, like Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah basically. And then my dad showed up and made him pay. <laughs> your dad growled at him. <laughs> my dad kind of looked like an old wolf. It's always that small town shit. Yeah. And when fight, you know, they hold your brother's sins against you. Yeah, yeah. I know your act already. But no, you don't. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. different thing. Oh, I'm did, an individual. My hometown was like. Yeah. Were you the youngest? I, my, my older brother was like six or seven years, so he had already established quite the reputation before I showed up. Mostly bad shit. I mean, just regular, regular guy stuff. Fights. You know what I mean, yeah, whatever. He, the, the, for whatever reason, these people they just think they can hold on to anything. I have, I had nothing, nothing in common with. What's known as the school system of the United States of America. When Pure I see ideas. These, yeah, when I see these kids homeschooling, I'm like, you lucky pricks. My daughter's begging for homeschooling. I think it's harder to do in New York than any other state. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But she wants to do it. Why not let her? Let her fucking Skype and pal talk. You <laughs> yeah. It's not really, you don't learn anything, right? When you're getting homeschooled. Did you learn anything in school? Fuck no. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you get to sleep in. Yeah. You sleep in. You get to, you know. Same difference and you're well rested. Yeah. You get to watch a little TV to start the day. Save money on lunch. Plus, at 11 years old, if you don't know anything about the price is right, I mean. You've been going to school too much. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking guys don't know anything anyway. They honestly, you guys have zero idea of American history. Oh, I'm really bad. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, history was what I did well in in school. But I now it's, oh, anything that I might have actually obtained, retained, gone. Because yeah. you're going to memorize yeah. it in the short term. That's why. That's all. I, the only way I got through school. I did, everything I've learned that I've held on to has happened after school. <laughs> well, I I always laugh at young people. They'll say to me, "Yeah, but that was before I was born." I go, "Most everything that's ever happened <laughs> happened before you were born. You're fucking twenty. <laughs> yeah, How Kurt, much do you, you just think Kurt Cobain died before you were born? <laughs> right. You asshole. Yeah." And my guy, wait after. Shelby, you put together something for us today, right? Yes, it what is. What do you got, Shelby? Why don't you fucking just take a step up for once in your life, okay? Stop leaning back and step up. Well, I saw that Mr. Skin, they released their top, like, 15 nude scenes ever. No, will any of that matter after all those things have been unleashed on the internet? All the naked J-Laws... And all that, I think for nostalgia, it's, uh, it still matters. But after this fappening thing, it's the fappening. That's what it's called. Fappening. fappening. Did you watch all the fappening? Did you get to see Jennifer Lawrence naked? Who else was out there? Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Upton, Kate Upton, yeah. Ariana Grande, Kirsten Dunst. Who was the one that was underage? Michaela Maroney. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's two of them, right? There was underage? And then some other, like, Disney girl, like Lexus Lee or something. <laughs> I go, oh. I go, Hillary Duff two of them underage, right? And you go, right? oh, shit. And you got to start going through your collection again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Was there two? What's her name? My, my thing is don't download anything. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny? I can't. Someone's like, oh, man, I'm going to be jerking off for weeks to this. Like, I, I can't jerk off to still pictures no. anymore. I'm too far film. gone for no. that. Yeah, I can't. So I would say these are probably going to be way better. But I did get a, you know what? I'm such a weirdo, I guess. But the only thing that gets me uh, pumped in those pictures at all is if the, if the girls have a bush. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking Hillary Duff's, right? Hillary, Hillary Duff's, Duff's got a nice, nice muff yeah. on her. Yeah, Which does. I don't, I, I wouldn't expect that from her, to be honest. She's really let you down this time. She let me down, man. <laughs> she could have at least taken a clip or two on picture day, you know? Yeah. They don't they give you a comb before they do picture laser day? background. Picture and Harry Bush with that, like, blue background. <laughs> yeah. An elementary school picture background. It's still happening. Now, why, uh, why do you think the Bush thing for you? I've explained this uh, a lot. I know exactly what it is. It, when I was a kid, every girl uh, had a Bush. Uh-huh. And seeing it was a sign that was the first sign you're like oh shit i'm getting ready to see something i'm not supposed to see or something you know quote unquote dirty whereas if the girls shave bald i mean you can get right to the top of their clit and still just looks like long stomach you know you know do you get what i'm saying <laughs> you guys follow me at all this is my you, need, you need warning you need to know i, I i'm on the green yes exactly you need yeah, the lights the on the that's runway the, uh, yeah that's yeah. The, the the side of the road things that make you wake up for a trucker I'm like, oh just a big Ooh, stinky lighthouse. <laughs> Pussy's on the way. If you saw, if you were, I don't know, in a tree looking through a window, and you saw a girl getting naked, right? Yeah. And uh, wouldn't it be better if all you're going to see is like a front shot of her naked? If she has a bald pussy, it doesn't really look like you're, she might as well be wearing underwear. But if you see a, a big muff, you're like, oh, I saw her pussy. Even though you didn't see her pussy, you just saw the front of her body. You are attempting to justify something that's on a subconscious level for you. Mm, yes. And you're trying to bring it into the conscious world. Sure. Because I don't think that you have a... I don't think it's up to you what turns you on. You know what I mean? L. Ron Hubbard told me if I put it out there, people will follow. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Shelby, what is this all about? These are is, the scenes that should have been on that list. The real ones, right, so these aren't they're porn underrated. Movies. No, they're regular movies. Nude scenes. 
I'm a, I'm a, I agree with that first I'm one. I'm a champion of these. Now, what is the first one? Heather Graham and Boogie Nights. It's not brought up nearly enough. She goes yeah. roller full girl. frontal on roller skates, mm. jumping on Marky Mark. And most importantly, Bush. 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 Some big hair. There's hair there. Shelby, I will disagree with you saying it doesn't get brought up enough. This is a very, very famous scene. Well, also, if you, uh, Shelby's a little young to remember Celebrity Sleuth and Celebrity Skin magazine. Mm hmm. And this would be in that nonstop. Like every issue had this Heather Graham thing. But Charlie's Fair and at her prime in Two Days in the Valley, where she's getting. Yeah, love her. Ice. Let me tell you, I remember seeing Two Days in the Valley and just going, oh my God, is that woman even a human being? There's certain people like the first. This was the first time we saw her, and she seemed stunningly beautiful. Even in the trailer for that movie, was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, she was mm. wearing a cat suit, right? Yeah, 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 the white cat suit. Was this is this a better nude scene than uh, Devil's Advocate? Full frontal. Yeah, but that but might be on the being list, no? To death and abused. Yeah, she's and all, oh, she's just all scratched up, but look past the scratches. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting destroyed look by the this. devil. This is She's got the Hollywood hoopla. Pink. <laughs> this is pedestrian. Yeah. Hollywood hoopla. Whatever. Hollywood hoopla. That's that fat guy from Blacklist. This <laughs> <laughs> is the deleted scene from that. Is it? She's like, fucking awesome. Like this, she awesome. had to do like this sort of thing before she gets to play Eileen Warnos. You have to like you know take your licks. And like some skin flicks, basically. This no is pun not intended. A skin flick. It's a movie. Well, it is for her. Pulp Fiction ripoff. It's yeah. for her. Does she show box in this? No. Why did my voice go so high? I was real <laughs> concerned. Where's the pussy? Guys, are we going to see? Help! That's why. That's why I get away. That's why I get away with so much. Is that adorable voice? Help! 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 All right, what are you... Uh, so your thing is you're acting like you're becoming your own Mr. Skin? <laughs> yeah, like they, right. a lot of the things on their list for like blue is the warmest what? color and the blurred lines video, like that's the top nudity. You don't even know who the other two girls are in What's the, the uh, blurred to. lines video. Oh, but you see, now I just saw the list actually. That's the list that's, at, that's actually out. Yeah, that's the um, list. So to, to do... But if... Because I see... Your, well, go. You can say what your next one is. I don't want to like... Like Halle Berry, when she—that's like a, a giant nude scene that should have been on that list. What are you talking about? What nude scene? Her in Swordfish, like Halle Berry getting nude. That started the whole thing of like A-list actresses saying, "Oh, okay, I can." No, I can it didn't do some start anything <laughs> again. Your sense of history is <laughs> and Monsters Ball was much better. Yes, but, I yeah. agree with Monsters Ball. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Monsters Ball is on the list, and that's such an like uh, an over-the-top, really graphic sex scene. It's great. That the reason this wouldn't be on the list is it's just a quick little titty shot. Yeah, it was pleasant. I, uh, yeah, it was pleasant, but the monster's ball is literally a spank fucking yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. While she's crying about her dead fat son. Fucker Billy, get it, get it. Fucking racist. He, he was gonna lose a foot anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what? This is the fucking truth, though. That that movie is so smart. Is that pussy will reverse any fucking racism that you were raised with? 
You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I'm a racist like my dad. And in fact, as soon as he met a hot black chick, he just threw his dad out in the fucking trash. Oh, he was yeah. like, get out. Beat old man. It wasn't even a slight feeling for him. <laughs> I was never into like black chicks like sexually. Oh, and then I saw... fucking racist. Yeah. No. And then they had that like ESPN, the body issue. And there was like Serena, Serena Williams. And I was like, hmm, hang on a sec. You're the really? dicks. You know what? She's like, really you're ripped. a castrated man. I'm sorry <laughs> to tell you. You would love Shaq's cock. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. That's the black body that turned you around. What's that Greg Lloyd with his fucking dick tucked behind his? You know, look at Shelby. It's like the first time he went fucking fishing with his uncle. He's out on the boat. and says something so stupid. Serena Williams is going to follow him for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know what? I take that back. I said earlier, that girl might beat the shit out of you, Shelby. Yeah. Then that's every right to now. <laughs> you're, too, you're too young for uh, Lisa Turtle. She didn't do it for you, huh? Oh, Never? yeah. Lisa yeah, Turtle was, was my awesome. first. That was my first. Uh, well, she's all Black fucked lady. up now. So. <laughs> Is Denise Richards and the chick from Party of Five in that? Uh, that yeah, that yep. one. Boom. Yep. Wild things. We talked about that's this the other day. On, that's not in the, on the list. Wild things. Not on. This Mr. is the, like the honor. This is such a great scene. I gotta see Mr. Skin's list. Denise Richards' body in this is incredible. She, um, yeah, the fact that she was even playing high school, we all had to take that leap. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, she's the high school kid. And the emo chick's pouring yeah. champagne on her. She did a real full frontal uh, yeah. playboy. Yeah, this Push. is. You know why I know that? This should be like top five. Bush. Yeah. Bush. <laughs> I'm Mike, by the way. Nice Did to you? meet you. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Did you vote for Bush in 2000 2004? Uh, yeah, the first time I voted for him because I was confused. And then the second time I'm like, oh, wait, this guy's not pussy hair. This guy's making terrible decisions. <laughs> that was a Dan Soder vote. <laughs> Every time you saw a oh, pussy, wait, you go, Mr. We're President? <laughs> we're supposed to pick the guy with the name that I like the most. All right, so Shelby's doing a list. It's up only in Terrabank. This is guy. He wants to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but Betsy Russell in private school, she should be. Now waiting. that goes back a ways. You, you finally have a little history about it. It's you, on yeah. late night Cinemax. Yeah. It should, she should have been way bigger. But the movie that she like was naked in, it's like insane that you couldn't release this today because like there's, it's just three guys wanting to see her naked and basically like sexually assaulting her yeah. and then she just laughs it off. Yeah, this is on like right after Emmanuel in space and right before <laughs> the sun comes up. <laughs> but this, that, that, that was the, an 80s movie though. Like an 80s movie would show women's tits. Not nice. Even when they were family films. Equestrian. There's like a, Vacation has tits yeah. in it. Yeah. That this, would never happen yeah. today. Yeah. There's a movie where you'd wake up for school at 5 in the morning and jack one out real quick before you went to school. <laughs> like Matthew Modine and his friends, they're like all on each other's shoulders trying to get like a Polaroid of her and they rip her, like sneak through her window and rip her towel off. But instead of like screaming and throwing them out the window, they all just like laugh. Because she and wanted say, it. Oh, God. How about Revenge of the Nerds? They, they, they rigged the house, the restaurant house with cameras and did basically what Chuck Berry got in a lot of trouble for. And that just doesn't seem yeah. it's okay because you know, they're white nerds. They get in trouble. Racism. Well, because or, uh, Chuck, they're 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 now, huh? because Chuck's was real, yeah. <laughs> and everyone was taking a shit and looked down and saw a GoPro. All right, well, that's not a bad GoPro, like a mahogany GoPro, <laughs> <laughs> suction cup to the inside of the bowl. <laughs> what is that? Huh? 
My favorite of those like, like three months, warrior videos, yeah. those like Asian girls peeing ones, are always when they see the camera is the funniest thing in the world. They always do those things like guy gets caught being a voyeur. It's, it's always like it's fake. I told you when I was on the grand jury, I saw those that they would do, and they, they would be in the fucking train station here and the bus station. And most of the time, it wasn't until the last girl that they that anyone ever caught him. So a lot of these girls, they're all Long Island fucking party girls, are on these fucking tapes and don't know it. Really? Yeah. Jesus. I, we had to sit through it and grand jury just watch one after another. <laughs> all the cats videos or all the ones he didn't get caught on? Yeah, at the last one you turn around and see somebody uh. kick, but a lot of these guys will just fucking lay down with a with a camera. Wait, so you're wa- you saw hand. you saw a bunch of naked videos? Yes. That's, that's what a fucking fantastic trial to be on. <laughs> right? When you're, you're doing like, the grand I, I jury, they like, happen one after another. I don't have a babysitter. He goes, all right, you're dismissed from this public nudity trial. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't have, have kids. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a second. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shelby. You wanted to get back to cockpits? Yeah. <laughs> well, there actually is a lot of cock in uh, Ava Green and the Dreamers. She's like naked during the whole movie, but... Uh, and- the... You know the best fucking scene in this movie is the Venus de, Ma- de Milo scene. I tried to grab a scene with no cock in it, though. I never saw this movie. I think her face is odd, but uh, she would. I just saw her in that uh, Sin City. Yeah. Yikes. Her body. Her bo- wow. The movie was okay. Her body is fantastic. She's also in that Penny Dreadful where she gets fucked by a ghost. She gets banged down in the uh, 300 sequel, too. Really? She's constantly just taking those tits out. Good for her. <laughs> she found her strength. <laughs> Look at Shelby suddenly is quiet at the room down to yeah. an uncomfortable place. They're not talking about dick. Yeah. This is like when, when five guys so get around to watch a porno when you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what are you guys? So, do I got to take a shit? I'll be back in like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got to piss, but no one gets up. <laughs> and there's uh, Angelina Jolie. Everybody talks about her oh, yeah. and Gia and that other movie, but she has like a three minute sex scene with Antonio Banderas in Original Sin. It's never brought up, though. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Horrible movie, but yeah, pretty crazy fuck scene. Shelby, you've never seen more delicate than you do right now. I don't know what it is. It never gets brought up. <laughs> What's the deal with that, huh? It's adorable. Even a flower like myself understands. <laughs> <laughs> then Phoebe Cates. That is, her scene in Ridgemont, that is the number one nude scene ever in film. Really? But then nobody ever talks about it again. In the same year, she was in Paradise, just getting... Showering herself under a waterfall. Oh, this was like the Blue Lagoon in, yeah. the, in the desert. <laughs> Rip off. Yeah. Seeing Angelina Jolie's tits are like seeing a, a dead lady. They're gone. They're not even there anymore. Well, she got it, she got them both cut off preemptively. I, Preemptive Mike, double mistake. up with an interesting thing: is can you jack to a dead woman? Can Uh-oh. you watch yeah. a woman with a dead woman yeah. still jack? Yeah. Yeah. Or many, dead parts many... of a live woman. But I'm saying at the funeral. Can you just oh, sit there? Oh, yeah. If you're last in line. How drunk am I? <laughs> How many hours has his body been cold? If you so know you the proprietor. Yes no. You can watch old... Because a lot of those porn stars you know, from certain ages are dead now. I, wa- I was jacking off this. Uh, I can't remember the girl's name, but she got like killed by her boyfriend in a hotel room. And then, like this, when I heard, I actually started watching the porn in remembrance. Oh, it's really bad. You jacked to that Ray Rice elevator, fucking <laughs> dude. I know. That's- uh, it's it's uh, when he comes in, it's sort of his story to tell, I guess. But it just is a great thing. Another fantastic Louis J. Gomez moment. He said one of his favorite jerks was to bring up audio. of... The, one of those girls who's like an activist against porn now and talking about her horrible experience in porn 
listening to that while jerking off to the video of her doing porn, <laughs> which I think is just... Uh, when he said it to me, this is why we're good friends. When he said it to me, I wasn't like, dude, I was like, oh, man, that's a great idea. <laughs> Takes a lot of work. Gotta sync everything up. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's gifted. He's gifted. <laughs> well, Lewis has a few strengths. That's one of them. What about Julianne Moore? She doesn't go topless. She just goes bottomless for like 20 minutes. At all movie films. shortcuts. And she's just yelling at the guy the entire time. And who did she cheat on him with in this movie? That he fucking cucks out and makes her tell like every detail. And then what did he do? And then what did he do? Like, this room got uncomfortably fucking... <laughs> yes. We're all watching Julianne Moore's yeah. fire. Put punch. your hands on the table. <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth in American Pie. That was brought up, but it wasn't on his top 15. It should be. Like, that was the yeah, scene you're from that picking. movie. Oh, come now on, you're yeah. nitpicking. It made I mean, the list. Yeah, it made the list. I think you owe Mr. Skin an apology for that. I mean, it's I a can clip see from Mr. Wanna, Skin. Yeah, you want to make an alternate list, but this is ridiculous. What about Kathy Bates and about Schmidt? It's never brought up. It's one of the best ever. My personal favorite. This was... All right, the version of this now is like hangover with cock things. You know what I mean? Like now, like when we used to say it used to be tits in comedies, now it's a cock scene that you're not ready for that makes everyone laugh. They just want to shock you with just some dick. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of all cockle. Seems like you are, though. I'm not. Did you laugh at the, what was it, Bad Grandpa when his dick gets stuck in the soda machine? I didn't say it. You didn't see Bad Grandpa? No. You just against it? No, I just didn't say it. He waits for it to get on TBS. I thought that was a great movie. That <laughs> was hysterical. hilarious. The, uh, all right, so let's do this, though. Right, you said you guys could fucking jack to uh, a dead girl. Could you jack to somebody who later gained an enormous amount of weight, like go back and watch Body Heat with Kathleen Turner when she was incredibly hot, the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah, tough. And now everyone's looking at her like, uh oh, you didn't age one as well as the one at She's a beast. You're back on the Serena Williams pick. Yeah, there <laughs> there's, that, uh, there's that porn star, uh, Carmela Bing, who was like Love super, her. super hot, amazing body, and then got really fat and just kept doing porn. I could still jerk to her fat. Yeah, no, me too. How about Carmela Anthony? <laughs> That's Great shape. Too. You know what? The only reason I can jerk off to him? Full bush. <laughs> Full bush. <laughs> Um, here is uh, let's go over here to John John you're on the Ronnie Fez show how you doing buddy hey Ronnie I love Porky's with Kim Cattrall getting nailed there and uh, Miss Lassie and then uh, the shower scene a lot of Bush in that movie good movie you're getting Bush fans yeah the Kim, a lot of, they're gonna come out I made it okay for everybody that's my job my job <laughs> is to make it okay for everyone Bush lovers, come out. Show yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, Kim Cattrall didn't get naked, though, really. It was just side ass. Here's uh, Randy. Randy, you're on the Run and Fez show. Uh, hey, Ron. Uh, there's a uh, radio host named Suki and Lee on CBC in Canada. Uh, she hosts a show called DNTO. And she was in a film called Short Bus, and what I understand is uh, short bus. was paid for by the Canadian government. And she does every sexual position you could imagine. 
and there's even a scene of a guy sucking his own dick. Yeah, yeah but see, that's like real—that's like real filmmaking. That's not even a porn. John Cameron Mitchell did that, and it's kind of about sexuality, you know. It was weird. I didn't like it, but I did. Well, that's because it wasn't made for you know porn taste. Yeah, I don't know what I what I watched it for. Looking for, I like weird yeah. movies, uh-huh. but I thought, uh, what you got that other movie that uh, Larry Clark did that has actual sex in it? Uh, Ken Park. Duh. What was Sharple? Was Sharple set up like like a fiction or was it documentary it was or fiction. what was it? Yeah, yeah. it's a fiction. I've never yeah, seen it's it. like it's like New York party people sucking their own dicks and shit. (laughs) If I have to give the two-second review. (laughs) Another one of these New York party people sucking their own dicks. Another one? Yeah, you remember? It's like that year they had the two volcano movies and then there was Armageddon and the... uh, No, everything's zombies now. (laughs) We had Larry Clark come in one day when we were at the other place and... uh, Everyone just felt dirty around him. Is he an uncomfortable guy? He has this weird... I feel like he has a hatred of adolescence and just, like, portrays him in the worst light. Well, his point is to show that, unlike... It's not like Wild Things. These are awkward, weird people that aren't even done and that we sexualize them. But when you actually show them having sex, it's kind of... it, It goes from disgusting to dull. You know what I mean? Like, real teenage sex. Last seconds... Confusion, yeah. headbutting, you know. Yeah. The, the bully, that's a really dark flick, though. He's made some, like, really, like. Well, that one's actually based on a real movie, too. Real story, a yeah. Real story. Yeah, he, you know, that's, that's a great Hollywood thing, though, is if you ever look at the side by sides of the, the real people versus. Yeah. Brad Renfro and Bijou Phillips, like these, these <laughs> South Florida pigs. Right. <laughs> the real people, it's these animals. Yeah. I was going to put the Chloe Sevigny scene from Kids on the list, but I just thought, except, no, I'll save that tec- for myself. Yeah, because technically she's giving a guy AIDS. But <laughs> still, it's a. Yeah, you know what? Can't tell you why I love that scene so much. Bush. bush. <laughs> Chloe Se- uh, Sevigny Bush. You never mentioned that. You're in the bush in a big, big way. Yeah, I thought I brought that up earlier. No, never <laughs> mentioned it. Never came up at all. Uh, where's your list at compared to his? Is over on the Interbank? Under yeah. what title? What did you give it? It is... I think it might have been changed. It is... Mr. Skin snubs some underdress but overlooked great moments. Jesus Christ, you're a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, here's John. John, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, guys. I can't believe nobody brought up the movie Crash. It's the first time I jacked it to a disabled chick. <laughs> Which one, though? The one with uh, James Spader in it. Yeah, but which chick, you fucking weirdo? <laughs> Not the James Spader, I hope. Uh, I don't know, but the one with the uh, leg brace. Oh, that's um, Arquette. Roseanne Arquette. And then Holly Hunter was in that, too. It's a very strange, incredibly sexy little film. And that other girl, what's that, the blonde with the, her eyes are too far apart? Oh, that from one. a... flounder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flounder. <laughs> Her eyes are too far apart. Deborah Unger. What is Deborah she Unger. from? She, she, was, she was in the movie 13, I think. You're really Payback. Re- you remember the first chick that gave you a bone from a movie, clothed or unclothed? Like, didn't matter whether from she was a movie? naked? Yeah. Shit. I don't know. I mean, I'd watch any movie that I thought had nudity in it. Like, my grandfather had this crazy collection of VHS tapes. And I would just, if I thought there was going to be nudity in it, I'd watch the whole, I'd skim through the whole thing. Dress to Kill, I remember that was one 
Michael Caine. Yeah. For some reason, just that by the title, I thought there was going to be the cover of the box actually had like a woman's leg and like yeah. a knife, and I was like, oh, there's going to be something, and I'd go through the whole thing. And nothing. That was the worst one ever you to go through. You watched a tranny film, really, is what you did. I just watched man. a tranny <laughs> film. That's <laughs> all I did. Mike? Yeah, I was thinking even no nudity is what I was saying. And I remember yeah. the remember the movie Clue? Do you sure. guys remember that? Remember yeah. Yvette, the fucking uh, French maid? Who played? With the tits hanging out big. Do you remember that? Uh, that would always be a cleavage is a big thing to get a young man. Yeah, excited. check out the... Well, I forget her name. I yeah, she had nice legs. Yeah. I was like, what, eight probably when I saw that for the and first time. And and I was actually, like, making the brake signal. We should brake. But I always tell you to say it out loud. I get annoyed when you do the brake signal. I will not make the brake signal again. How come you won't do any plugs today? Colleen Camp. Big J. Yogerson's in the studio. He'll be performing at the House of Comedy in Minneapolis this Wednesday through Saturday. Go That's to houseofcomedy.net for tickets and more information. And they'll be performing at the Comic Strip in Edmonton, Canada. Where? Edmonton, Edmonton, <laughs> Edmonton Canada. If you don't want to do plugs, just say so. I do you're wa- not even putting any passion in. I do want to do plugs. Yeah. September 17th through the 20th. Go to thecomicstrip.ca for tickets and more information. And then Mike uh, Fenoy is in the studio. Grift Comedy Show at the Stan Comedy Club. Sunday, September twenty fourth. Twenty first. What fucking date is it, Chris? Twenty first. You just not into this at all. Yes, I am. Forced of March. Our two guests are sitting here, and they basically watch their their, their stuff. <laughs> just be like, oh, let me go through this real quick, and I don't give a shit if I pronounce it correctly. I do give a shit. You want to take a shot at uh, the Soda Show tonight, six p.m. live. On Comedy well, Central Radio. On Comedy Central Radio, channel 95. You know, he's excited about going live. I am very excited. Is this the first live one? Yeah. And you've been waiting all this time. Yeah, we have had four. Then, then you didn't get the plug. <laughs> we did four. We did five recorded. This is the fifth one. It's going to be live, and the next week will be recorded, and then we figure out what we do from there. Hopefully something. <laughs> Hopefully. Everyone's in a Chris mode today. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel no. I feel very good. I think some. I think, I think, I think, I think me and Soda are gonna. I think something's gonna happen with it for sure. Yeah. No. I'm positive. I'm good. No. I'm in a good mood. All this bush today. We came in too. Sure. <laughs> uh, Florentine something by. Yes, he is. You guys want to hang in for this? Sure. Be great. All right. Thank you. Uh, we'll break right back. Run and Fez. Run and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Comedy hits. Channel ninety nine. Better. Jim Florentine stopped in here with us today, and Jim and Mike already in their shared dolphin love. You guys are feeling great after this big win, huh? No, I'm not. You already don't. You don't think it's a good thing? It's a good thing, but it's yeah. you know short lived. <laughs> yeah, you get your heart broken every year, so I'm not getting my hopes up high. Come on, dude. You had it what seventy three? What was it? Seventy three was the last was, time. Yeah, was the last time. My entire life, we've never won. Do you know, I honestly think that that would have been the only team that would have won three in a row if it wouldn't have been for that World Football League 
to come in and start taking those players out because they were still ready for the next season. Well, no, what happened was 74 was yeah. when that Ken Stabler was on the ground and he threw that one. The, uh, was oh, it Blitnik- yeah. Blitnikoff in the end zone yeah, with right. nine Dolphins on him and six on, there was actually 15 players on Stabler <laughs> and the other, and they still caught it. And that's what my, and then the next year, then Zonka, the next Kick, year- and Warfield all left for a, a million dollars. The three-star players left for a million bucks for some league that lasted like a year and a half. Yeah, a million dollars then, you would think, this is going to last me the rest of my life. A million dollars. That's it. Never working again. Millionaire. Doesn't even a team that has like one Super Bowl make you feel as an Eagles fan, though? You're like, still, Eagles never got one. Well, now I don't, you know, I mean, the odds against the Seahawks repeating. This could be the first decade without a team that is the team of the decade. Or maybe even two wins will make you the team of the decade. Because you look back, you know, you would have the Steelers in the 70s, the Packers in the 60s. Cowboys. uh, The Cowboys with only three in the 90s. And that was the first kind of fallout. Like, hey, is that even a real dynasty? And now it might be two. Yeah, well, Miami won back-to-back 72-73. Yeah, but they're not the team of the decade. Sorry, dude. The team of the decade of the 1970s is the Steelers. Yeah, well, they were all on steroids, the offensive line, they all admitted it. So. <laughs> Miami was all on coke, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mayor Mercury Morris had coke in the backfield. Right? He yeah. actually dealt. Yeah, he did. He did so. his, his, the weirdest thing is, like, doing drugs was not enough. He's yeah. in the dark with two flashlights trying, ah. to, bring, trying to bring a fucking plane in because he was trying to turn that money into something. God bless him for it. Mercury Morris was unbelievable, though. Jim Florentine, you've got your big special being taped at the George Street um, Playhouse in New Brunswick Saturday, September 13th, which shows at 7.30 and 9.30. Go to georgestreetplayhouse.com for tickets. Dot org, I think it is. Dot org? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, tickets at the box office the night of. Now... I got heavy competition that night. Yeah. Rutgers is playing Penn State, 8 p.m. in the middle of my two shows. Yeah, and Penn State's got the huge alumni. Rutgers is finally in the Big Ten or whatever whatever it's called. And Penn State is newly forgiven. You're newly forgiven. Newly forgiven. So and Rutgers is the home of Ray Rice. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So much going on. No, Jim, am I, <laughs> it's a big day in New Brunswick. <laughs> am I going to be on stage with you that night asking you questions? Because everyone loves that on Mass that we did together. Everyone's like, that was the best thing. And I'm like, well, I'm sure Jim will call me and I'll probably be part of a special. I'll just be sitting there. <laughs> Come and out then for the what happened, I'll say. And then what did you do? <laughs> you know, somebody else sent this to me that, like, the last on Mass we did. Tracy Morgan, and then right after the accident, yeah. O and A, then the Anthony situation. Uh, what was the other one? Was it Joan? Joan, yeah. And people are now worried about Jim Florentine. Oh boy, Jeez. the Jinx man. Well, l- let me at least film my special first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then it'll really get sold, and it'll, you know it'll be huge, hugely popular. Everybody like, all right, he's gone. Well, yeah, when something comes out after you die, I was. Uh, that's what we were talking about with you, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the touch. That's uh, people are getting worried because uh, he was on the episode. Was, I, was, well, I was well, I was on Z Rock, the show Z Rock that I was on. Yeah. had Geraldo, special guest stars Geraldo, Patrice. 
Mike, Mike DeStefano, Joan Rivers, a major character, all gone. And then someone said, well, at least nothing with Robin Williams, though. And I was like, no, I was in the scene in Louie with Robin Williams. Like, so maybe chill. it's me. Maybe. But, or, or else you can just say this. Comics die at an, <laughs> at an alarming rate. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> if we're spinning it positive. Sure. <laughs> so uh, are you starting to feel like the, the last standing man? No, there's a yeah. few more guest stars that have to die first. Uh, Metzger, Attell, uh, John Popper, Mike Vecchione. Once they're gone, though, then I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably start to get a little worried. Particularly Vecchione. Like, oh, yeah, he's in such great shape. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. The guy's a fucking statue. If he goes down, I'm done. A multivitamin. Yeah. That is life, though, isn't it? Vecchione will definitely die 20 years before me somehow. <laughs> oh, it happens. I'm smoking a cigarette and eating a cheesesteak at his funeral. There are, you know, Keith Richards is the perfect situation. Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah, still perfect. smoke cigarettes and everything, yeah. Is this, and then you're going out on a boat with him, right? I am. Where are you going, fishing? You and Motorhead <laughs> going fishing? <laughs> what happens on this boat? He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna have the sex talk with me, I think, finally. <laughs> <laughs> me and Lemmy, yeah. What happens on this cruise ship? On this one, well, there's a bunch of bands are playing, but I'm yeah. I'm actually doing a, a podcast on there. I'm not even doing stand-up, which is interesting because it's Carnival Cruise, and uh, they are still... Ha the ship's been completely uh, taken over by this motorhead thing, so all the people on board are for that, but they're still using the... Carnival Cruise Line comedians. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm oh, very much want to watch that. I'll, Wait, I'll, probably, so, so, I'll probably go on if I get So they're going to have the Carnival Cruise comedians on <laughs> yeah. with Motorhead, Megadeth, oh. Anthrax, yeah. all those bands. Yeah, it's going to be a bunch of like just <laughs> fat titted 40 year old guys and girls sitting there while some guys like, so my wife, she's a real, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry, this is the 5 p.m. show. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. There was a, a, I met one of these, the new director of one, I don't know if it's Carnival or the other one. He's the comedy director now. And he was telling me that once he took it over, I guess it's George Lopez's comedy room, it's called, on one of the cruises now. Right. They're trying to make it to put better comics uh -huh. on there, not like hacky guys. He sent out a letter to all the comedians who used to work there. He goes, look, I took over. He goes, and I want to let everyone know, no one's allowed to do that arms routine where you go up on stage, someone <laughs> oh, goes up on stage and works fuck. your arms. He goes, so we're, we're cutting all that out. Because we want to have some good, really good comedy in there. He said he got 16 emails back from 16 different acts saying, That's my closing bit. What am I going to do? That's my last 20 minutes. That's 16 great. acts. Yeah. It's always, not always a big excuse. Like, and in the late shows, when you get the excuse to try to have him grab your dick, that's the big thing, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, had to go, my, I had to go to the bathroom. I had to pee on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's really. <laughs> uh, 15, 15, yeah. Whoa, but come on. But Why what, are you talking directly to me? But, but how about the fact that it still kills? Because that was like a summer camp. Bit. People were sheep. That's where it came from. That. Dude, people are amazing. People are dumb sheep. Dude, they're listening. Yeah, I know. They hear you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> be better. You get smart sheep, probably. Aspire to be better. Yeah, some sheep yeah are a lot smart. of smart sheep. <laughs> My fucking audience thought Ray Rice was correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually had to apologize for him. Now, I was hearing you with Opie, and you said you believed that the, the team had seen the video? Even uh, the, the NFL absolutely did. Yeah. Without a doubt. They yeah, had I easy access to that. Way before when yeah. it came out, you think? Yeah, I mean, Chris Mortensen, who's a respected ESPN mm -hmm. uh, correspondent, said he saw the tape like right the two days after. He said it's brutal what happened in that elevator. 
Peter King, another respected SI.com guy, said the NFL's reviewed sort of tape too, and it was horrific that what went in and that. And they, you know, he gave, they gave him two games, and that are trying to backtrack. Of course they saw it. Maybe. I think it's a little weird that TMZ releases it like within week one of the season. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if they just had it and held on to it for a little bit, you know, and really kind of... They're in the business of marketing and knowing how to pull that together. You I know? wish there was to audio. drop it at the right time. Yeah. I wish there was audio of what he said when that when those doors opened. <laughs> well, so this yeah. is just how she gets. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly there's some more video booze. coming out. There's some more uh, video with audio right before, like her taking her from the casino. She spit, allegedly spit on him. He's calling her names. She's calling him names. They're like, should we call the cops? He's like, no, I'm just going to bring her upstairs. She's drunk. And that's when they get to the elevator. So that's when that starts. So there's some stuff before that. But th- if the NFL is going to investigate that, they're going to find out what happened in the elevator before they meet with him. They give him a suspension. Right. They're not just going to go, what happened? Well, we were just pushing each other. Okay, two games. Yeah. yeah. They're going to dig in. Just like when when they're going to draft somebody, they do a whole background check. They go interview everybody's family and friends, anyone they grew up with, how's this person. You tell me you didn't go look at when there's footage that his criminal defense attorney yeah. had, everybody else had. And all you had to do was ask for it, and they would have gave it to you. How come they didn't investigate Clowney's body? That fucking thing falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking rips an MCL fucking putting on his fucking pants. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play much. I really don't. I think he's one of those guys that's just not going to play a lot. Good. I hate his name. I don't want to hear it every Clowney? week. Jadavion Clowney. Really yeah. like, like the that, uh, fuck is that? What was that? What's that show? Key and Peele joke. <laughs> it really sounds like that. Like if you go through, I did that. I was sitting in a restaurant. And I looked at just like the top draft pick. The names are almost jokes. It's, just, it's like Kling Clang Bonga Bong Jenkins. Yeah, there was a guy. There was a guy last night playing for the Chargers. A receiver, I think, Sharice was his name. I'm like Sharice. <laughs> Named after his mom. <laughs> a lot of people are saying Goodell should step down. He should. He's making $44 million a year. You think he could do his job? Now, he's always been. I've never been a fan of the commissioner. He's a shady guy. Yep. He's just, more like a, just a CEO. At totally, point. yeah. Just Didn't all it, covering up the concussions. They knew those guys were getting messed up by him. Look the other way. All of the stuff. Didn't that uh, clowny guy didn't he, like immediately go buy his mom like a fur car or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> like he got her something. It was like something. Fur car? He, he, he yeah. just like, <laughs> spent like some crazy amount of money Jesus. or something. <laughs> They said, yeah, well, he got the money, you know. Mom, I promised you a fur car. <laughs> this morning, his wife came out and was like, "How he, I can't believe the media would like spit this back in our face. We've gotten over it. We're going to show people what love really is. Uh, Raven Nation for life or whatever. And then the next announcement is Baltimore Ravens are giving refunds for all Ray Rice jerseys. So really? clearly, yeah. And Nike cut their, uh, their, their um, contract with them, too. How come they didn't? I listen to a lot of How come there wasn't sports a, radio. This uh, Michael, Michael Vick. There was no like give money for your Michael Vick jerseys. That'd be great. Well, that was maybe they did it in Atlanta. By the time Philly got it, you know what I mean. But that would be news if that happened yeah. in Atlanta. Even I don't think that happened. No, they did all. it with Aaron Hernandez with the Patriots. Yeah, they you got money yeah, back? Everyone yeah. Money back. I got three Ricky William jerseys from the Dolphins. So hopefully he'll do something. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fit me anymore. I'll take them back. They're like one hundred twenty bucks a piece. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm so pissed. We gave away a fucking Ray Rice football last year. 
if we would have saved it, now it would have been a great fucking thing. Just do oh, some yeah. punching contest. Just <laughs> 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 face on it? Look at these shock jocks taking advantage. Let's go old school. We'll have Shelby fight girls. <laughs> First girl that wins gets a Ray Rice jersey. I'm starting to worry about him. I don't even think Shelby could beat the guy from fucking Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I'm starting to... <laughs> NPH? Oh, the new guy. Yeah, the new guy. And then Dexter is taking over that role. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm just dropping news in here today. That's I don't give a shit. Just heavy, one, man. Yeah, just one. It's like, like Entertainment Weekly. I'm just giving you one news thing after another. <laughs> but you guys are both Dolphins fans. Did you either one of you grow up in Miami? No. No. See, I lived down there for a little bit during the Marino years. Yeah. I grew up so, in Connecticut. I just my old man was a Dolphin fan, and I just Marino and Mattingly were my idols growing up. So I just stuck. I with just them. don't believe in that a kid gets to choose any team that he wants. You know, what I mean, I think it's like your nationality. Yeah. You got to cheer for the team that's closest to your fucking yeah. mailbox, and you're stuck with that. No. That's what I think too. I yeah, agree. I do find it weird, but but Connecticut doesn't really have a team. It's so a confused like, state. That's what the, they call it. You know, Connecticut would have Patriots. They get a choice between the Patriots. And uh, the New York teams. And that kid has to make his mind up by the time he's four. You know what I mean? <laughs> that kid has to be pulled out and, do not change and it. brand it like in Divergent. Oh, isn't it the worst when they make the decision as a teenager when you just find which one's better and just go with that? That's why I really do like Mets fans and Jets fans. And uh, Because they've said, I'm... I'm not, that's the one yeah, I like, yeah. I'm not choosing the best one. Just Is go that, down with the ship. Yeah. I mean, it's not the toughest well, thing I mean, in the it's world not like root for It's Marino. great being a Miami fan, though. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, but at I the know. time you did it, yeah. you had the best fucking Marino, quarterback. Yeah. The best quarterback who never won a goddamn Super Bowl. Gino Bisconti is a, is a Chargers fan from Delaware. You know what? First of all, it's New Jersey. But second, that's helpful. to What's have New him. Jersey? He's from New Jersey, isn't he? He's from... Uh, Delaware. He told me he, he lived on the other side uh, from Marcus Hook. And on the Jersey side. He's, fr- he's a Delaware dude. Where's he from in Delaware? <laughs> I think like Claymont? Wilmington or something, right? Huh? Yeah. Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah, no, or yeah he's, a, he's a Delaware I didn't know guy. that. Yeah, yeah. He uh, also goes to Lilith Fair, so I, uh, you know. That's <laughs> uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, he had a, uh, he, one time, one time I saw him writing jokes back at the Boston Comedy Club to go back out. It was a while back. And he was writing and he closes, uh, he closes the book, his little, and it's like a leather bound mm-hmm. little joke writing book. And he closes it, and uh, it says Sarah McLaughlin, like engraved on the. Thing. <laughs> and I go, as one of my favorite lines of her, I go, I go, Gina, what the fuck? And he goes, Oh, it's gayer than you think. <laughs> this was in a gift bag at Lilith Fair. Wow. And I'm like, Well, would you have to take your chick? And I think he was like, No. No, he would <laughs> yeah. go by himself. Yeah, he'd just go and listen to girls and like, play acoustic guitar. I go, but at least going in to meet chicks to get laid, like you're a sensitive guy. He goes, No, I like the music. And I was like, All right, we're, we're not talking for six months. It's, yeah, Gino is. A, <laughs> he's a confusing dude. I love him. See, I think he he would have gotten the choice between Eagles and. And Ravens. I think he, then he does this move that I hate. Yeah. Uh, oh no, no. I mean, I, I like the Eagles though. No. But there were no Ravens there when he was growing up, right? Well, the Colts. No. Well, probably in there. The Colts moved when eighty three. Like yeah. in the middle of Somewhere the night. Yeah. And it took him to I mean, Cincinnati's close to that. And Gino's quietly yeah. sixty one years old. So yeah, <laughs> very quietly. It's amazing how good Gino looks. I've always think. Gino's way younger than he is. I'm always taken by his age. <laughs> but he's so Gino looks so young. Don't you think? 
You're like a gossip what? here. You know, I have no idea he, he is. Fuck the guy once. Did he tell you guys that he came in here? I could see that. <laughs> at Lilith Fair. <laughs> the, the only other guy that was at Lilith Fair. One of those Elvis biographers where you know everything yeah. about The wind chime tech. <laughs> when he was a teenager, he shot his mom, I think. He didn't kill her, just grazed her. He didn't hear it from me. <laughs> Big J Ogerson's in the studio. He'll be performing at the House of Comedy in Minneapolis this Wednesday through Saturday. Go to houseofcomedy.net for tickets and more information. And then he'll be performing at the Comic Strip in Edmonton, Canada, Wednesday, September 19th through the 20th. Go to thecomicstrip.ca for tickets and more information. And the Soda Show featuring Big J oh. is happening tonight live at 6 p.m. <laughs> Eastern on Comedy Central Radio, Channel 95. Mike Fenoy is in the studio. Grift Comedy. This is going to be happening at the Stan Comedy Club in New York City, Sunday, September 21st. And Jim Florentine will be taping his special at the George Street Playhouse in New Brunswick, New Jersey, on Saturday, September 13th, which shows at 7.30 and 9.30. Tickets will be available at the door or go to georgestreetplayhouse.org. You know, I was saying that uh, Jim did that unmask, and I heard from everybody on it. Everyone loved it, except for Eddie Trunk. Wow. Eddie Trunk is the only person I didn't hear from. And I figured it out. Jealousy. Dang Jealousy, yeah. Cause Did you do any trunk on mask before? Why? What am I going to do? <laughs> What's it like to have a bunch of albums? Why would I say that? <laughs> you don't think I've heard about him working in a record the store? The first time you shook Mike Piazza's hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's a half hour story, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, all of his stories are half hour. Everything that he has. But, you know, I think that he got a little jealous. Like, oh, Bennington's in the other trunk seat. Because you know, people are like, you know, how come uh, you don't set him up a little better? Yeah, and then, yeah, it's possible. Mm. He thought, you know, he was the guy here. He's the guy. Like, he should have been the yeah. first guy. Yeah. But what am I going to do with him, he seriously? Does, he's got other stuff going on. I don't think he thought that, but... No. He, uh, he's got a million things going on. And all of them disgust him. You know, like, whichever, right. he just thinks everything is going wrong, no matter what it is. He's got a catalog to his priest. I yeah. love the rage that that guy has. Yeah. We are just in the airport. We are flying out, and you have to, and, and you're United, they're making you put your, the tags on your bag. They print out, and you're supposed to put them on and then go to the counter to drop your bag off. And Eddie's flipping out. I'm not putting this thing on. He gets up to the counter. What the fuck? Is, now you're, you're telling us we got to put our tags on and then come wait online to give you the bag? Are you? Do you guys do it? You want me to gas up the plane? Seriously. So you want me to go do it? Because let me go right now. and get. Yeah. He was going crazy. I just love that I rage. Love I, was just yeah. saying, I, lo I agree with everything he's saying there, by the way. What do they do now? <laughs> Right, so we're tagging the bag, well, we and then just, we have to wait online to give it to the yeah. guy. It's okay, thanks, and that's it. Yeah, that's I don't, it. I agree. What is the point of doing that? There's, there's no difference. Why do the extra step of printing out the ticket if you have to get in the line anyway? You know what? I would listen to you guys if you would fix comedy clubs, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing runs worse than that. Yet comedians yeah. know how the rest of the world should run properly. <laughs> nothing either. Ever the world would run an hour and a half late. Um, here's, uh, here's David in San Francisco. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's up, guys? Fez, are you there? Right here, buddy. Fez, buddy. Hey, if Sam from the Cowboys, if he would have knocked out his boyfriend in the elevator, do you think he should have been suspended? I think we would have to investigate it and make sure he's on a team first before he could be, uh, banned from the league. <laughs> you would think you'd have to investigate it? What about if you had proof of it, just like in the video there? 
Um, I still think that Michael Sam is an exceptional case and probably should be looked at. Ray Rice, this seems just like a history. Well, that's the one thing that they said that, that, you know, he's never done anything wrong before. But you can't just say you rob one bank and get away with it. You know, like, hey, I never did it before. Plus, if they had a video of Michael Sam doing that, he'd be punching a dude. It'd be a pretty badass video. Yeah. Well, let's Christine see what, was there to say it was a gay guy. Smaller and twin. Smaller yeah, I mean, I saw his boyfriend. <laughs> well, let's see what comes out in the next few days. Maybe another girl that he dated right. is going to yeah, say he that's did this. True. That's what's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to buy that story. So, And he was in here. And you just like everyone says that all, by all accounts, everyone's like he seems like a soft spoken. Seems like yeah, he says like, all the right things. He's like, like a Michael. Yeah. He was like Michael Jackson's brother. He's like a Tito into a Jermaine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like God, oh, thanks. It's, it's fun to win the Super Bowl. What a shot, though, huh? Talk about God and stuff. Boom. No. Uh, the other guy talked about God, right? Uh, Troll Suggs. No, not Suggs. It was the uh, Purple Jesus. Oh, AP, yeah. Yeah, when I called him Purple Jesus, you guys feel just only one Jesus. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, but oh, you, on the field. No, <laughs> no it isn't. You're great. All things come through God. <laughs> so, for, again, the Super Bowl. Although Vikings look good this year. They do. Yeah. I don't know if they got a quarterback, though. Who's your, who's your dark horse team? Who could win it all? I take the Eagles because of that beautiful, fucking gorgeous video that they put together. Mm. More than a team, more than a city. Yes. With the Eagles. More than a game. Pumped for all of those things. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any dark horse. I'm not picking any because the Eagles could be in it, but I don't think I don't think Foles gonna last the whole season. The guy weighs like hundred and sixty pounds and he gets hit hard. And Sanchez comes in, he'll be great for a game Green and Jesus? then and then he's gonna go back to being a jet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> so if Foles goes down, the Eagles got no shot. They're gonna win that division. They've it's already a shitty won. division. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Jesus. <laughs> that one win should be enough to hold on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Are you are you busted up inside, Chris, about uh Giants oh, the, losing? You, you, it's fucking when they were had uh, when he's learned the West Coast offense. It's it was you know. But you, don't, you don't live and die with them. Not like, you're like me. I don't let myself get caught up in it. Really? Detroit's a fun no. team to watch this year. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, but they're also there's going to be a train wreck there. There always is with them. So you think Seahawks, right? It's looking that way. I don't see anyone stopping them. I I, I do need a team of the decade. Every you don't decade, want to be the Seahawks. Well, who else is going to do it? Who are you expecting yeah, to fucking late, come back? It's getting late in the decade. Maybe huh? the Niners. Yeah. Niners look pretty good. The Niners don't even have one yet. They, they have to ride off yeah, three in a row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need something big out of them. I don't like a decade to be fucking teamless. Mark my words. I think it's going to be um, a rematch of last year. You can't, you know, Peyton Manning. They they changed all the rules this year just because of Peyton Manning. What the Seahawks did to them, Peyton Manning and his receivers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that you can't touch anybody at all now. You lay a finger on him seven yards down the field. Yeah, how many it's more? It's brutal. But That's they did ridiculous. that because of Peyton Manning. Because you know they want him. He's a big star in the league, and his little dink and dunk, and then he throws one deep. You know, this little shitty game that he plays. And his shitty commercials. If I had a performance like that in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be doing goofy commercials in the offseason. No. I, w- I would lay low. If I have $250 million in the bank, 
I'm not going to be doing Papa John commercials. He doesn't eat that pizza. He doesn't. There's no way he does. I would do every fucking. I would just go. You know what? I need to lay low. And even though a commercial only takes one day to film, I get it. You got five months off. Still, just lay low and but fucking focus. It would look off. great if he like there was a picture of him like drunk next to a pool that he hadn't even cleaned. You know, You know, maybe a robe and a pair full of beer. Yeah, beer. You need. A, you know? It's funny. You can see the players. Who have like, who take the game home with them, like what, by what they do? I, I only went to one. It was the Eagles game, like after party, like after the game, everybody yeah. they do like a back room of chicken and Pete's uh, thing, and I was invited <laughs> to go to that. And we went to it. It's interesting the people who aren't there. It's like a lot of the younger players, you know, the first, second year guys. Are yeah. there. They're, they're, they're still they're laughing already, and they lost the game, and they lost the game, and were knocked out of the playoffs with the loss. And, but a lot of the young guys were still there just trying to get pussy and talking to chicks and eating and laughing. I mean, and, 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 but, but Brian Dawkins, not there. Brian Westbrook, not there. McNabb, not there. The guys who, you know, probably wear it a lot more, you know. But uh, you don't, you, you're also Cole, not there. that. They might be just out doing something else better. They're all gangbanging you know? one kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're fucking the long snapper's I mean, wife. Think of comics. Would you, do you think In comics front of them. hang yeah. on to bad sets like it was life or death? Or do you think they just go, hey, you know, I went out there and the fuck it wasn't my crowd. Fuck it. I'll get them next time. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, bad set would yeah bums me the fuck out for sure. Yeah, you're that guy. You're yeah. that guy that you can't. Uh, you know, I mean, I still go to Chicken and Pete's because I love old bay <laughs> fries. But I'd be sitting alone. I wouldn't be talking to pussy. <laughs> Beating it, whore. I'm trying to drown it in these old bay fries. <laughs> old bay fries. <laughs> I I I think that you have to let go of it when you're an athlete. You just can't. You play too many games. You know. I did, but do you remember what? Remember when the Eagles lost to the Cardinals NFC Championship? And then Brian Dawkins. That was his last game. Brian Dawkins ever played as an Eagle, and he cried on the podium. I thought that was so like. At least it makes you feel a little better because you're like, oh, they're. But see, yeah, that's like that video just, of Gronkowski. Remember after the uh, was after the Super Bowl when you. He was, they showed him at the club afterwards, yeah, dancing, dancing like one of those like blow-up <laughs> used car lot fucking oh, the porn things. Star, right? Yeah, the porn star. he looked like he was on like fucking twelve hits of ecstasy, and the game was like hours over. Didn't yeah. care. But see, here's what you got to remember: you love the Eagles. These guys don't. They just I that's know. their Isn't job. That crazy. They didn't care. Yeah, it's working for a they company. Don't, they don't know the history, you know. So like, you'll see them in a, a you know like some Philly station. We'll ask them about Jaworski, and they'll be like, "Oh, he played here." Well, you it, know, like okay, I see now. It's it, it was the guy from ESPN played here at one time. Oh, cool. I used to, uh, or I am, I guess, I'm friends with a uh, Dustin Keller who was on the Jets. Yeah. And then when he left the Jets, he like. He went like right to the rival, like the Dolphins. And when I asked him about it, he just it was like an arm shrug. He was like, "That's where the contract was." And I'm like, <laughs> what it is. I know. Me. So yeah. he, by the way, he went to that was his first meeting. I, I saw him the day before at South by Southwest Festival. He goes, "Yeah, I'm going tomorrow to meet with Miami." He goes, "I don't think I'm going to do it." I was like, "Yeah, man, that's like the enemy for you, isn't it?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going, but you know, I got to go see what everybody says." And the next day, he saw him like he went. There, they offered so much money. He's like, "Yeah, no problem." And then he blew out his knee the first Imme- preseason game. Immediate, yeah, yeah, it was so. Horrible looking. 
Especially to know somebody when you see that happen, it makes it even weirder. I get mad when your team loses and then the game's over and they're shaking hands with the with the opponents and they're yeah. laughing and smiling. I'm like, what the fuck are you shit. laughing yeah. at? I, uh, yeah, I just I, lost I'm 400 so bucks. Playoffs. You punch that motherfucker in the face. Everyone stop praying. Get get rid of that prayer circle. They eat so much shit, the Eagles, for that Michael Irvin thing, but that really is just the funniest thing that's ever happened. Like to me in football, was that like when they just cheered for him, the stretcher coming out? Of course, was, you have I mean, to. When he was on the stretcher and he put the thumbs up and they started booing. And <laughs> and I'm like, come on, that's great. I was so yeah. bummed when they were like, who got hurt at this uh, this last week? Somebody got hurt and they were like, very classy, the Philadelphia crowd. Yeah, they, they That's because they're not the oh, real yeah. fans of games anymore. People forget how scary and dangerous games used to be. Like, you would go into Washington and that place would be fucking crazy. Yeah. Now it looks like you're you know, at a golf course somewhere. There, yeah, there, I think it's called there's so much. Not like home the old... field advantage. You know, the vet used to be a fucking yeah. place where a bunch of union guys would be going crazy. It isn't anymore. And the, the grounds were all fucked yeah. up. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, I remember my dad bringing me to guys. My dad brought me to Foxborough and I remember this like do you remember the old starter jackets that was like yeah. D O L P H I you know, whatever, real tight one. And uh walking through Foxborough, dude's just throwing cans of beer at us and shit because yeah. he had a you know, now it's like what, eight, nine? Getting whacked uh, there, with there had never been a day my dad would let me wear a different jersey to a fucking Philadelphia game. Oh, yeah. You're asking to get there. Beat you up. are, and this yeah. is a funny thing when a guy and a girl would go. It's so funny, like in Philly, just those blue collar shit. It's like the way they would talk to the chick, and the guy just got to be like, "We're just being jerks." It's like, <laughs> tell that whore you're with to show up snatch. <laughs> and the guy's got to be like. Just clowns. So the problem you feel you the guy, because eventually dog. the girl's going to be like, "Why don't you fucking jerk off? Shut!" And then she's going to get it and make it worse. And the guys like, "But look at the Cowboys game the other night. There's more fucking San Francisco fans." Cowboys game. Yeah. Yeah. Really? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dominated? They were talking about it all like all morning too. When Boomer. San Fran scored or something, yeah. the place went nuts. It's all red. And Aikman is inside the twenty and he's trying to quiet the, the fucking team down like he's home and he can't. They're fucking trying to fuck yeah. with Aikman. They gotta get in Jones out of place there. Because the Texan, uh, the Dallas fucking fans will be like, hey, I can sell these tickets on eBay for a lot of money this week. A lot of rich San Francisco people bringing in some of that goddamn internet money. Well, the, you know the Cowboy game, the park near the stadium, yeah. it's $75 to park your car. Jesus Really? Christ. Right outside the stadium. If you want to park like a half a mile away, it's 50 Yeah. I mean, I think the Eagles still, it's 20 25 the park right, right at the stadium. I know, yeah, I know down in Washington it's like a $50 park job, too. And those but people, when you get there, they're not the regular people that you would think would be Redskins fans. Because people around D.C. are insane for the Redskins and really optimistic. And then you'll get there and they'll be leaving, losing in the fourth quarter and the fucking place will start to clear out. Because they're not the regular people at anybody's stadium anymore. I think Philly's got a pretty decent... Not compared to the way it used to be when no, they were at the no, vet. No, sure. At the yeah, vet, the old time places. Are, well, that's fucking where I used to go like, every week to be the, yeah. the vet. I was, doing, I was doing comedy in Detroit and I went to uh, the Joe Lewis Arena and saw Red Wings Blues. And the Blues were smoking them like 12 to 3. I don't think one person left. Everybody stayed, watched the game. It was like just good old fans, you know? That's like a the Midwest, big yeah. hockey town, you know? Throwing squids on the ice and shit. Here's Low in Jersey. Low. Hey, Ronnie B. Million bucks. Yeah. I just wanted to know uh, the rationalization uh, between, uh, for rooting for the team. You said that uh, was closest to you. I grew up in New Jersey, in, in New Jersey, my whole life. I couldn't stand New York fans, so I became an Atlanta Braves fan. Then the you Braves run, to move there. 
here's, here's the rationalization. Fate. It's not like you sit here as an American and go, my favorite country is Finland. That's fucking moved to Finland. That's where you belong. But do you understand that the Braves are on TV every night? So if I'm not going to the games, I still get I still get to watch them. Even with football. First of I all, mean, let me just say this. If I lived in Atlanta, I couldn't cheer for the fucking Braves. I would fucking hang myself before I cheered for the Braves. Well, you're a Philly fan. you got to be a little jealous of all of our success. Really? How many fucking World Series you fucking win? Well, we won one, but... Thank you. If if there's any team that should have had 14 fucking series, it's that fucking town. By the way, when he says we, you're jealous of all of our... Peachtree Street? Yes. A guy from Jersey is saying we about the Braves. You're insane. Get that, get that jersey clay on your feet. <laughs> I only, I only rooted for. I did it to rebel against my dad. My dad was a big uh, New York Giants baseball fan yeah. growing up, and then when they moved to San Francisco, it was, I hate them. I'll never root for that team, so I'll go. They're my team, so I took right. the San Francisco Giants just to piss my dad off. And he was a Met fan. I'm like, I can't be a Met fan. <laughs> and then he turned into Mets. So I'm like, I'm not going to be a Met fan. And then with uh, football, he was a New York Giant fan, and I was like, no. My and his his brother lived down in Fort Lauderdale. And was a big Dolphin fan. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go side with my uncle instead of my dad. How so old I became were you? like seven, eight. Yeah. Well, you get, you guess you can condition yourself because you have an emotional attachment. When they lose, you get that like you know punch the table fury at it. Absolutely. See, that's what I'm saying. It's so weird to me. I can watch any other game, I, like even if it's not like you know where it comes down to the playoffs and the numbers like that. In like the first week, like I'm definitely not punching a table if the Giants. That's because you're not a gambler. Or if the uh, whatever. Yes, that is true. But but. I do feel that genuine emotion. Like the Eagles losing ruins like the next hour or so for me for sure. See, I think there's something good, particularly after you move away, of knowing like everyone that you grew up with is feeling the same way as you do right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the thing that when the Eagles were living losing the fucking last Super Bowl they were in, I was sitting there thinking, guys are in first grade with feel like throwing up. You know what I mean? <laughs> People that I fucking live next door to, they feel like shit right now. I watch you know? that. And I if wa- they would win, you just know you've got this connection through your past. Well, I thought it was so funny. I watched that Super Bowl with, uh, I went home and watched it with like the friend, my friends from Philly, who I'd kind of been removed from living yeah. in New York for years at that point. And I went back, and it was a cool moment, you know, and to hang out and watch the Super Bowl. We'd all been years waiting for this to happen. And then they lost. I mean, I didn't see them again for years after that. And it was very much like, all yeah. right, guys, we'll see you later. Right. Like, just took away <laughs> left. Like, no one was even yeah. like, hey, man, it was great hanging out with you all day. Like, we were hanging out since, like, the morning. And then at night, it was just like, all right, peace, dude. We'll you see you later. Like and we didn't the, talk again for, like, you know. You were like the guys at the end of Deliverance. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Something awful happened. Let's so, never bring it up. <laughs> so bad. We shouldn't never even look at each other again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John was never the same after that Super Bowl. <laughs> That's what Big J Yogurt's in the studio. Jay will be performing at the House of Comedy in Minneapolis this Wednesday through Saturday. That's houseofcomedy.net for tickets. And then he'll be performing at the Comic Strip in Edmonton, Canada, September 17th through the 20th. That's thecomicstrip.ca for tickets and more information. And the Soda Show featuring Big J is happening tonight.
tonight live, 6 p.m. Eastern, on Comedy Central Radio, Channel 95. And Mike Fenoya is having his Grift Comedy Show at the Stan Comedy Club in New York City, Sunday, September 21st. And Jim Florentine will be taping his new special, The George Street Playhouse, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, on Saturday, September 13th. There's two shows, 7.30 and 9.30. Tickets will be available at the door, or go to georgestreetplayhouse.org for tickets. You can also hear Jim's show here at Sirius. Comedy Metal Midgets on Ozzy's Boneyard, Channel 38. That's Thursdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Do you do those live or do you tape them? I tape them. Yeah. But I the, I get to pick my playlist, which is great. That's it is great. great. I just go through That's my awesome. iPod. All right, Motorhead, I'm going to play this <laughs> off Ace of Spades, all just deep cuts. That's you know great. what I mean? So I love doing that, you know. So and the fans and, love that. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, it's more of classic hard rock on there. But that's so great, you know, and people in terrestrial could work in radio for 40 years and never get to pick their playlist even once. It's like college radio. You play anything you want, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Although there's no college radio that plays metal. That's the thing about college radio. One, Seton Hall. Oh, was that in right? Jersey still plays metal. Yeah, they've always played metal. Yeah, UNH play eighty eight seven in Connecticut plays a ton of like speed metal and old metal and stuff. Normally when you hear a college station they play music by people who just have the weight of the world on their shoulders. <laughs> uh, you know, just the saddest Wilco thing that they could ever deal with. Um, but you love being over there playing metal. It's playing great. Music. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever uh, interview any of the metal people coming through? Or Yeah, absolutely. I got um, Jamie Josta from Hatebreed, mm-hmm. his co-host in the show. I go on the road, I bring my recorder, and I'll uh, interview these guys backstage and let them co-host the show with me. That's cool. Yeah, so I just you know do a couple little breaks with them, and yeah, it's perfect. I got David Lee Roth to do it. Wow. That was great because he was on ONA one morning and I just hit him at the commercial break. There was no, he didn't have his people with him. I go, yeah. Dave, uh, you got like 10 minutes after the show? And he's like, uh, for what? And I'm like, uh, I do a show on Ozzy's Boneyard if you just want to co host with me. I just do like five two minute segments and we're out. And he's like, um, all right. He, and no, you know what I mean. I'd have to go through ninety different people right. to record, and then I just took him in the other room and co-hosted the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta just fucking there it goes. Like, yeah, just turn the mic. Yeah. But you know what? Jumps I, I, I went because I knew it was only going to be two minute segments, pretty much. Right. I wanted, so I just said, Dave, what's your favorite Van Halen song to play live? Instead of going, you know, uh, what do you think about what's going on yeah. over in Iraq? Because he would have went on sure. for an hour, and you're like, what the hell did you say? So yeah. I kept what is it short. This? Let's see if we can guess. His favorite, I'm going to say Panama. I think it's his favorite song to do live. Where are you at? He gets to do a lot of karate kicks. Yeah, he just, it's his one of those songs. I think he likes to do, what's the, uh, is that, uh, Unchained? One break. Come right, in. Oh, yeah. I'd say Hoffer Teacher. And I was surprised he picked this one because Jump. Wow, really? I'm shocked. Uh, yeah. Oh, because the crowd probably just like... He oh, says it's the last song of the night all the yeah. time. You know, they always close with that song, and it just, you know, and the crowd goes nuts on that one. To me, that's like, eh. It's the least Van Halen, Van Halen song. <laughs> Absolutely. Really, yeah, from that old era. Because I would, I would have even thought, like, a Jamie's Crying must be a blast to do live. Or a Top they, Jimmy. <laughs> something like that. Top a good old Jimmy's yeah. They do so many songs that people love. Yeah. I love them. I only saw them like a few years back. 
Oh, so you didn't catch it? They say this recent tour that people were I mean, saying it was pretty terrible, huh? Yeah. No, um, you know, I the last two tours they did with Dave, I saw it early, and the shows were amazing. And then later on in the tour, I heard his voice was going. But look, the guy's almost sixty years old. He's doing two and a half hours a night. Yeah, was doing two, like, they were doing full like two and a half. Oh hour yeah, show. They're, doing, wow. they're doing like twenty six yeah. songs in the set. Wow. So and he never was a great singer. You no. Know what I mean, uh, no one ever said, "Oh, I listened for his voice." You know, it's not a Freddie Mercury deal. Um, hey, Tommy, Tommy, you're on the Run Fed show. Hey guys, yeah. Jimmy, I, I got a question for you, and uh, I just wanted to know: Did you hate your father, or were you just a dick going against every team that he? Uh, just to being a dick. Well, because you know they forced me in the, in the Catholic schools because they, you know, it was that whole thing that it's a better education. All my friends were in public schools, so then I had to go to you know school with a bunch of you know people I didn't know. None of my friends from the neighborhood, and it wasn't a better education. It was a shitty education. So yeah, I did it because well, of that. You were a tie. Huh? Yeah, you wore a tie, so that's something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I got kicked out after. I got kicked out after like sixth grade. I just yeah. was just. Oh really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I just I cut these like wrestling mats up that they were bragging they just bought <laughs> <laughs> for <the> school. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was one of those accidents that happens. <laughs> they started bragging. They go, look, they cost a lot of money. We just got them. Please take care of them. So that day, I just went and got a razor blade and just slit them all up. And they chucked me. <laughs> I still never admitted it, though. I had yeah. to go in front of a priest and uh, on the Bible. My mom had me hand on the Bible. Swear to God, and I would go, yeah, I didn't do it. Steam came off the Bible. Yeah, but then they said, no one else would have done that but you. So you're out. <laughs> you're the only one, the only reluctant student here. You're so happy with your mats now. Yeah, with these mats. <laughs> I like the dolphins. <laughs> like a dolphin. Carbon logo. number thirteen and yeah. You happy dad? <laughs> yeah. Now I like the dolphins and no one wrestles. Like <laughs> 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 that they were new wrestling <laughs> yeah. That they were so proud of. Oh, yeah. Two kids came out of <laughs> shitty Catholic school. And they were like, "Oh man, I am going to put you in such a full Whoa. <laughs> What the fuck? Because yeah, I, I I didn't like that kind of wrestling. I was a big pro wrestling fan. <laughs> oh, you know, know superstar Billy wrestling. Graham and Roddy Roddy Piper. So I was like, I'm not, that's not. I don't like that wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you're wrestling. You're like, where's the top rope? Yeah. I'm all top rope. I want George the Animal Steel. Could you imagine how a popular high school wrestling would be if they just did a couple cage matches? <laughs> <laughs> tables and chairs. Yeah, tables, ladders, and chairs. <laughs> Teacher versus student. High school wrestling thing. Well, well, I was pretty good. We did a leather strap match. That was exciting. <laughs> Just see, like, they're going for the pin, and the coach pulls the other kid. <laughs> <laughs> I would just tackle a guy in class and pin him and go, uh, pin falls count anywhere match. <laughs> I'm the new hardcore champ. <laughs> Someone from another school Physics. just running down the hall. Nailing you. Guys, we just crowned the new hardcore champ. All right, boys, it was great having you in here today. Uh, coming up next, uh, Rory uh, Kennedy and her documentary about the last days of Vietnam. She's one of the, she's Robert Kennedy's daughter. Hmm. So you know if this works out, Playboy. We'll be, yeah, we'll all be going to the oh. compound next year. <laughs> Jim Florentine, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You got the new special starting too. That's going to be really, really cool. This is Saturday night. Tickets are still available. You can get them at the door at the box office. Uh, George Street Playhouse, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Florentine always kills live. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Good to see you, buddy. You going to have a safe trip? Yes, uh, yes, indeed. 
stay in touch with us from the road because you're all three of you guys are still alive in our football Highlander game. Oh, absolutely. I was nervous. When the Eagles down 17 nothing. my father's a big Eagle fan. He's like out of his mind. He's in my house screaming. I'm like, I'm going to be out week one? So I took the Eagles. I'm like, yeah, I did too. We all did too. That's yeah. how I felt in the first game. Like, like, what a comeback, huh? I'm like, this is a disaster. I mean, I'm, this is one thing I should know. Yeah. I just wanted, as long as we're still... Uh, you heard the whole thing with Soder and DeRosa. Yeah. DeRosa's yeah. still in. It's crazy to me he's still in it. Why? Because I know he just throws a dart. He has no idea how the game is played. You got a 50, 50 chance in any play, game. But yeah. if he watched the game, he literally has no idea what's going on. But Why did they throw the little thingy thing into the other guy? The only guys who turned down this is because they, you know, some people have some gambling problems, so they don't even fuck around. And you can see why. Because you, there's very little that you have to have riding on something. Sometimes it's only pride, and it will drive you insane. <laughs> it will drive you insane. What is it's funny too because you, then you realize you go, wow, you know, if I dropped fifty grand on that, I would be doing great right <laughs> now. I have to have the fifty grand. Yeah. I would have won. I just told him I was going to bet fifty grand. <laughs> and then if I get in trouble, I'll just bet my way out. Of it. <laughs> you know, that, is that how it happens? Four o'clock Middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four o'clock games is they why they stagger that though. Just such bullshit. Yeah. Well, you either ride your winnings or <laughs> try to climb out of the fucking hole. I call it investing. Now it, it's going to be four nights out of the week. You're freaking out. Uh, I can't wait. No. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with uh, Rory Kennedy, the last days of Vietnam. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits, Channel Days in Vietnam is the film. It opens in New York City Friday, September 5th, rolls out across the country in September and October. Go to the website lastdaysinvietnam.com. Um, Rory Kennedy is in studio with us. And this is a subject that, and quite honestly, I thought I knew about. And watching it, I, I can't remember the last time I was watching a film and my and my heart was in my throat throughout Thank the you. whole film um, because there are so many stories in this one story. Yes, and you know I was in the same boat, and I think it, it, many people are, where we feel like we know what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, baby boomers—they were watching the news, they know the events. Other people, um, younger generations, but in fact, 
many of us, you know, we might we might be familiar with the iconic image of the helicopter coming off of what we think is the embassy. It's not even the embassy. But beyond that, we don't really know what happened. And I think it's a combination of um, what was coming out of the news at that time was so chaotic and on the fly, mm-hmm. trying to document and capture what was happening in Saigon during those last moments. And then after the war ended, as a country, we wanted to move on. We didn't want... No, I wanted nothing to do with nothing that. to do. Yeah. You know, we lost the war. Nobody mm-hmm. likes to lose a war. And we had abandoned our allies. And, you know, it was not our bright shining moment. So I think we moved on. And um, only now it's the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of the fall of Saigon in April. Are we able to look back and try to really make sense of these events? And I think for so many people like yourself, and I'm going to, you know, include myself in there too. We think we know what happened and people watch this film and they say, you know, 95% of what I see here is new, new information to me. It's such an extraordinary story. I mean, it's so inherently dramatic. And, and then there are these, stories that I think really nobody's heard of, of Americans who went against U.S. policy. At that point, the U.S. said, we're just going to get the Americans out of the country. There were about 6,000 Americans still in country. It was two years after the peace accord, so there was no military presence. We're only going to get these 6,000 Americans out. We've got to do a helicopter withdrawal. And the Americans who were there, to their credit, said not so fast. We're not leaving without our Vietnamese friends, our family, our counterparts, they're going to be, they're vulnerable, they're going to be killed, they're going to be tortured, they're going to be thrown into re-education camps. We're not leaving without them. And, you know, they, they did the right thing in that moment. And in this kind of very dark moment in our history, I think the film actually makes you proud of, of the Americans, not of U.S. policy, but of these Americans who, who did extraordinary things. Well, you know, the Americans that you were talking about, too, some of them uh, with the State Department, some of them military men, these are not the type of people who would say no to an order. So that's the dramatic unbelievable thing that you're caught up not on any kind of um, political spectrum at all when you look at this. It, it reminded me of just another Schindler's List after a Schindler's List after Schindler's List. These people would grab on to people that needed freedom and save them without even being sure where they were going, what the price of this was going to be. They were just acting like human beings. Right. And I think that is part of the, the extraordinary story is, you know, and I heard from, from many people throughout the film where they said, you know, like Richard Armitage, who was profiled in the film because he saved 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, I'd rather beg forgiveness than, than ask permission. And I think that was the consensus of so many people who were there. They knew the right thing to do. They knew what was going to mm-hmm. happen to, you know, these Vietnamese, it was a country many of them had been in for five or ten years. Many of them had families who were Vietnamese. They had wives. They had children. They spoke Vietnamese. You know, it was a culture that they felt very connected to, a people they felt connected to. And, you know, they worked with us, and it might be an agent or it might be you know the cook or the 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 butler or yeah. the you know the, the cleaning woman or the the translator and all of these people were incredibly vulnerable and they knew it 
Well, it, it also is because the people in your life, they may have gotten into your life by accident, but they become the people you see every day. And when the, when the, a couple of the Marines are sitting around and they, and they just think to themselves, oh, what about the tailor? You 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 think in your life you're like yeah I, there are people that I don't think about but if there was an emergency I would be concerned. Well, you would hope yeah. that you would do the right yeah. thing, right? We all hope that we would do the right thing, and so you know it's I think part of the. Um, excitement for me to share this film is that it provides a slight adjustment i think about how we all think about vietnam mm-hmm. you know and it, and i think we've been educated over the last 40 years so we're more sophisticated and we don't blame the troops for the wars that we're in and we can distinguish between policy that governments and and politicians have put into place and the people who are implementing those but um i think this film really makes that point loud and clear where, mm-hmm. you know, they're the guys who are on the front lines who are doing the right things. And in this wave of history that's moving against them and, you know, this tide that they're up against. And even though they can't save all the Vietnamese or change that course of history, they can do what they can mm-hmm. do on the ground to save a handful here and a handful there. And in some cases, in you know, as I said, in Richard Armitage, 30,000. I mean, um, and during the course of these events, um, you know, Americans were involved in approximately the the um, saving of about 80,000 80, Vietnamese there at the end and 130,000 got out of the country, the others on their own. Um, with their own resources and, and abilities, but it's a, it's an extraordinary kind of chapter in our nation's history that I think, you know, as you say, many of us think we know, but we really don't. So it's, um, it's, it's thrilling to me and a huge honor, on, honestly, to be able to share that story. Well, the fact that you went back and found some of these guys that were there, people that were flying helicopters, people that were on the ship, uh, I don't know how many times in my life that I watched those helicopters being pushed off the ship, but I never once knew the story. Uh, I, I, I never knew that there were South Vietnamese helicopter pilots who just filled up with their family and flew out into the ocean. And there were American ships that said, we watched them for a while, and then we said, come on in. Yeah, because they didn't know if they were North Vietnamese. They didn't know if they were enemy. They had no idea who they were. And these, these hel- the, what had happened, as you say, mm-hmm. is that the fleet, the U.S. fleet was out in the ocean. Helicopters were going out to the U.S. fleet, U.S. helicopters from the embassy. And the, the um, Air Force had fallen apart. The South Vietnamese Air Force had fallen mm-hmm. apart, but they still had the Air Force pilots, and they still had helicopters. And so these pilots jumped into the helicopters. They filled them to is to capacity and beyond with their families, and they started chasing the American helicopters, knowing not knowing where they were going or if there was going to be a place for them to land. Many of them were low on gas, and they figured it was better than staying in the country. And that's an extraordinary thing. I mean, to put your family in a helicopter, head out to sea, knowing that you might die, but thinking it's better than staying behind, I think speaks to the level of fear and concern that they had, which, you know, proved to be mostly justified. And then these, these ships, these U.S. ships took the risk without getting approval. Mm -hmm. Let's bring one down, see who's in it. And the first helicopter comes down. We have 
the footage of it come down get off the plane 13 people come out of this little huey helicopter all vietnamese it's such an extraordinary moment the the ship doesn't have room to land another helicopter well what do we do with the helicopter on the deck they ask the captain the captain says throw it overboard let's make room for the next one next helicopter comes down full of vietnamese stunning and this is of course without Washington being part of this. This is just the guys there. The kids on this boat are, you know, when I look at them now, I'm saying 18, 19-year-old kids who are pushing these helicopters up and immediately welcoming these people and getting it. And like I said, I watched this film and could not believe it. The the tension and the the pressure and the relief. We're not making Hollywood films that that will involve you like this. If people are thinking, "Oh, I'm I'm looking," you know, I don't really want a history lesson. This is a dramatic, incredibly exciting story, and you when you look into the, some of these people's eyes who want to get out. Even now, 40 years later, I didn't know who was going to be able to get on a helicopter and who wasn't. And the people who didn't, I couldn't stop thinking about them. What happened to them over, you know, the last 40 years? How many people? You, you see tanks roll in as we're still getting you American people out of Vietnam. It's incredibly dramatic story. Yeah, it is an incredibly dramatic story. And, um, and you know, part of, I think, the way that it's able to translate, I want to make a, 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 a call out, shout out to Dan Lucero, because mm -hmm. he provided most of the footage of the ships. Mm -hmm. um, he was on the USS Kirk, which is the ship that I discussed. And I found out about him. He had uh, a whole box of undeveloped footage in his attic from the USS Kirk in 1975 so I found out about this from a f mutual friend and I called him and I said can I have some of that footage so he shared the footage I developed it I, I, I sent him an airplane ticket he came out to LA and we developed it and it's uh, a treasure trove and I think it really documents these stories um, and so as you could yeah. see you know you have a visual for every story that we we profile in the film and, the and a lot time, of footage yeah. that's never been seen before I, I there was so much I'd never seen before and then the voiceover because you know a lot of times these stories have been told to us from people that were anti-war or pro-war but most of these people in this story are just people you know they were either just kids in the navy or military guys or people working for the embassy there isn't a strong feeling of blame or accusation this is it's like being, you know, mad at a fire. This is just a... It a just is. It just is, you know. No, and, I know. We tried very hard to, you know, and the uh, politics around Vietnam are, you know, really ignite very strong feelings. And I really tried to to extract any politics that I could from this story. There's no narrator in the story. There's nobody telling you what to think. There's, mm -hmm. there's no historians looking back who have a particular agenda. It's all firsthand accounts. It's people who are on the ground, who are on the ships, who are 
are in the helicopters, who are in Saigon or in Washington. You know, we interview Kissinger. We interview um, people who work for Ford, who were part of the decision making process at the time. And so that we have a perspective and an understanding of what they were, what decisions were being made. But it really tries to be as much as possible. I don't believe in objectivity, but I, I do think that you can. Uh, try to extract at least the politics out of the equation hard on this story, but I, I hope that folks manage to do it. The New York Post gave us a good review, and so did the New York Times, so we must have done something right. Well, yeah, there are, <laughs> because I think that you found the human story. It's not so much how we ended up in that world, but you can see why a lot of military guys will say we can't leave these people. You know, once we enter someplace, it's tough. To pull back out, no matter where yeah. we're we're leaving. I yes, mean, that- and you're seeing it in Iraq right now. I mean, the images is just. Ext- I mean, it feels right out of Saigon, 40 years ago, where the family is trying to get into that American helicopter and they're desperate to get out of the country. And you know, the people who are left on the mountain, and you know, you really feel that we are right back where we were 40 years ago. And have we learned anything? over this period of time and you know to me as it's very relevant today as we're considering these further engagements with ISIS and Syria and going back into Iraq um, it's not that I'm opposed to that at all it's just you know I want I want our leadership to answer the questions of what is our what are our goals and what is our exit strategy and what's going to happen to the people on the ground what is going to be the human cost of this war and how are we going to handle that and let's think those things through now before we just have you know we have these horrible horrific beyond imagination beheadings they all they want all of us our first instinct let's seek, seek revenge let's get back in there let's do the right thing but you know let's 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 understand where we're going with this Mm. and let's learn from Vietnam this time. Let's ask the questions that we should have asked in Vietnam, that we should have asked in Iraq, that we should have asked in Afghanistan. Let's start asking those questions and get some answers. Well, you know, in the 1990s, after the first Iraq War, all the generals wrote books saying about how we all need an exit strategy, bragging that we will have exit strategies, and that all got forgotten. You know, I mean, everything that you're saying, um, the U.S. military agreed with you in the mid-1990s, and then after, you know, 9-11, we're back into this thing. Right. Um, but, you know, your film did remind me of 9-11 in the, in the fact of when people are on the run, you know what I mean? Uh, it brings out something in the people around them, you know what I mean? That I remember here in New York City that people would be just coming over in their regular boats to pick up people and stuff. And that's how I felt when I was watching this film, that people were kind of risking themselves or even their safety for strangers. That's what I meant, that human connection. I felt watching. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, it, you know, it, as I say, I, I, I still watch the film, as you can imagine. I've seen it many times, but, you know, I, I get a, I welled up a bit inside when I, when I watch it because it does make me so proud of these Americans, mm-hmm. what they did and, um, you know, everything that was on their shoulders at that time. And there were very hard decisions. And, you know, many of these people, all of them are still tortured by Vietnam, right? Right. And sure. all of the people, even though they did the right thing, 
Mm-hmm. It's in the wider context of feeling like we did the wrong thing as right. a country and a, and that they, you know, were on the front lines of that. So you talk to a guy like Stuart Harrington, who, you know, started the black ops under the radar of the ambassador, getting people out to the airport, putting them in cargo flights um, without getting any approval, not telling anybody who was doing it. But then he's, you know, one of the last people at the embassy when, you know, the gates are closed, the helicopters have been coming uh, since 11 in the morning, 12 in the, 12 in the afternoon. It's now three in the morning, 345. The, the ambassador finally leaves. And then there, t- there are 420 people left behind out of what was about 2,500. Therefore, and he is told the last helicopter is leaving. We're not going to get any of the rest of the Vietnamese behind. And he's the one who has to go tell these Vietnamese in Vietnamese, we're not going to leave you behind. Don't panic. I'm going to be the last one out. Don't worry, you're on American soil here at the embassy. And then he goes behind the bushes. He goes the back way up the embassy, goes to the top of the roof, and he gets on what was basically the second to last helicopter. And as the light's coming up, the helicopter swerves around the top of the embassy, and he sees the 420 people left behind. And, you know, he gets teared up in that moment and thinks how wrong this is and how it encapsulates the whole Vietnam War in that moment. And, you know, he still... He, he, he has lived in fear his whole life of running into one of those 420 people. And, you know, I, I, we had an amazing screening at Sundance where the film premiered. And a lot of the guys from the film came up and were watching the film for the first time. I mean, all of them mm-hmm. were. And, and they came up on stage and there are all these guys and, you know, they're, they're, they're quite manly men, you know, and they're all teary and they, they, um, the audience is very emotional. And Stuart Harrington talks and he talks about living in fear of running into one of these 420 people. And one of the people on stage was one of the 420. Oh, my God. Ben Foe. And so then he takes the mic and he says to Stuart Harrington, I want you to know I forgive you. Wow. And it's this beautiful moment. You know, it's really amazing. But uh, the point is, is that these guys, even though this film celebrates the the extraordinary acts of courage that they don't see it that way mm. you know they're they're still played they're haunted you and know? haunted with the guilt of everything else that happened you know and and what they were asked to not do and and the limits of what they were able to do it's extraordinary film about an, an incredible um part of our history last days in vietnam opens in new york city friday september 5th rolls out across the country in september and october go to last days in vietnam.com rory kennedy thank you so much for being here thank you for having me it's great talking to you same here i'll see you next time okay good and now ladies and gentlemen ron and fez on raw dog comedy hits channel 99 
It's the Ron and Fez Show. That was uh, Rory Kennedy. Last Days of Vietnam is currently playing in New York City. They're rolling out in September and October. Um, Chris, did you notice that uh, afterwards... Rory asked me for something that I agreed to. Yeah, she wanted. She wanted. Well, yeah, you don't have to be specific yeah. about it. But I honestly, I think I just fell prey to the Kennedy charisma. I think it was all part of it. That was a charming lady. That was just in studio. Well, you know, you know, the Kennedy thing is obviously, particularly to people in the Northeast, particularly the Catholic people, is just like bigger than life. When I was a kid, the, her dad and her uncle. John Kennedy, their pictures were on the wall of my house next to Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> so it was a very, like, when you're growing up and you see that kind of stuff, you're trying, kind of confused about how everyone fits in together. But beyond that, this documentary, Last Days in Vietnam, something, um, I kind of felt like I knew that story and I'd seen the pictures before. But never put together how the whole story was done. So, uh, yeah, it's going to work for history buffs, you know. But also, I think, for uh, from a dramatic point of view, God damn, this was unbelievable. Was it like uh, Platoon? No. It's a, Viet- it's, it's a documentary about Vietnam. Platoon is not a documentary. Jeez. That's a fictional work. And no, there's no fighting against the enemy. Oh. This is after we had pulled out our troops and we were, you know, for a, a while we were letting the uh, the South Vietnamese attempt to um, defend themselves. But as that fell, our guys were getting out of there. And as they were, they basically just started taking some of their friends with them. Jesus. Whether it was getting them home. And, uh, you know, from just a human point of the story, like, if, like, say we had to get out of New York right now. Yeah. And I said, Chris, I really, it's just for the Sirius XM employees, right? Okay. We're going to be able to get out of New York because this thing is coming. Who would you try to sneak on? That's that's kind of the oh my the God. question that everybody can look at. Do you have anyone that you feel like... From Sirius? No, not from Sirius. I don't understand why you don't get oh. the... The Sirius people have the passes. Okay, These right. passes, well, we know something bad is coming. These passes would get you out. Who would you try to sneak on to get out of here? My chick, obviously, number one. Okay. Gotta get her on. Any of your illegitimate children, did they make it? <laughs> They're gonna get wiped out, and I'm guessing the napalm attack? Because I will just uh, tell you this. When you're watching this, you see some of these people trying to get into the embassy, and you'll see these Asian children that also look like they're African-American, right? What? Yes. We had soldiers over there. Sometimes soldiers get together with... I don't understand your inability to to think and realize stuff. But what I'm saying is, you look at that kid and you're like, holy shit, that kid, even though he's three, four years old, he's in big trouble when the North Vietnamese take over. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to look like the American enemy... Now, the rest of his life, you almost have to start thinking about people like that. You know, like, hey, even though this, you know, the government didn't say, I want you to go over there and have babies with the native people, with the locals. Once you do, 
You know, that kid is really an American. That kid needs to be grabbed, even if his father didn't know that he was born or isn't, you know, yeah. taking responsibility now. Th- this flies up all through, and it's not even like this doesn't get said, you know, in the documentary. You just see it yourself. Yeah. And, you're, and you know, your wheels start spinning. Um, like I said, some of these, it's amazing sometimes that you you don't realize that even like the clerks or the barista or something, you're closer to than you even realize today. You're like, something's happening. I got to get people out of here. Oh, what about that chick that's always so nice to me at lunch every day? Maybe I can sneak her in somewhere. The dude at the bodega that in my, in my building, Shaheem, he's the best. I feel really bad if he, you the know, the bodega is in your building. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, it's like rental properties in the building, so they uh-huh. rent it out to stores. So it's like a there's a bodega in the like part of the building. So and his name is Shaheem. Yeah. And you might think to yourself, I feel so terrible. Even though Ron told me this is only for Sirius XM employees, I got to go. Get Shaheem. He, he needs to get on this, I guess, airlift or yeah, possibly it's an boat. Airlift. Oh, it's cool. an airlift. All right. All right. No doubt. Shelby, I know you are new uh, Arab girlfriend. <laughs> Anything else new with that? Nothing new here. Didn't see her yet. Did you, you know what was uh, so funny with Eugene Merman yesterday? Is like he's so sensitive. Oh, yeah. He's not like us <laughs> that he was immediately concerned about Shelby. Oh, this is <laughs> Shelby's feelings. Eugene wanted this relationship to just blossom and be great. <laughs> I don't know. I think what he wanted to do, what he was trying to say to Shelby is, you have something precious. Don't bring it into the steakhouse and let these guys stink it up. This is par from the course, Mr. Merman. <laughs> yes, that's what he's trying to say. Get off the course. <laughs> don't become a victim. Is she DTF? Stop it, Chris. Would you want to save her today if this thing came up? I might. And her sister? I think there's a. They have a bunch of kids. All girls. Would you try to get them all on? Oh no, I'd I'd probably say Big J. I mean, see that we gotta the... get him on. Yeah, Big J is locked. Don't worry about Big J. Let cool. me worry about Big okay. J. Okay, you take care of your own shitty stuff. <laughs> you better start worrying about this goddamn family of yours. How old are the sisters, bud? Uh, all under 18. Oh. The girl you're with is under 18. No, no. Oh, my all, God. Uh, all other than her. Get that you straight. Concern- no. He's lying. He's, no, he's with a teenager. No. There were so many people that when Shelby was trying to spit that story out, <laughs> that wrote to me, what is Fez 2.0 talking about? Because he buries the lead, yeah. and then he starts to disagree with himself before <laughs> he even gets to the point. He told a whole long story about how nice the, the, her father was. Just say, hey, I hooked up with some chick this weekend. <laughs> that would have been it. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> now, her father is, he's like a landlord, but also a super. It's true. You're like, what? It's a three-family home. It's not an apartment building. Yeah. Guess what? Yes. Just because something true it doesn't make the story. Okay. The story has to grab people. You hooked up with a chick. You're a little half-Jewish boy. <laughs> She's uh, a Gaza Strip girl. This is exciting for us. This is Romeo and Juliet. I didn't get into how they're renovating the basement. <laughs> Say, should we that get makes into me that? Want to choke you. <laughs> You're the this, worst. Can I tell you something? You're the reason why we, we lost Vietnam. Not so much you. No. But your attitude. You know, you brought up Platoon, and the weirdest thing about... We've seen so many Vietnam movies in our lives. 
that it kind of feels like we know that place. Like it's almost like you could go to Vietnam and be like, "Yeah, I get it." Forrest Gump. Yeah, look at uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket. I get yeah. it. Full, me so horny. I bet you are. I don't think she was. No, she 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 was. <laughs> I don't think she was horny at all, and that's why she was into stealing his camera. It was really the dude that stole the camera. That guy. Just I know, but she's fucking macking with him. They're the couple, not you. <laughs> That guy busted out some dope moves, too. I mean, that guy would have fucked up, bro. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I don't think he had shit. You think it was for show? Yeah. There was nothing defensive about those moves. It was more like popping. Uh, I, it convinced me when I fucking watched it. You know what? You would love a fucking movie called Saigon Boogaloo 2. Oh, I would love that. Why aren't we making that right now? Do you feel like you know the Vietnam story? Do you know why we were there and why we left? I know that the French were there first. What's that got to do with that? Either? And then we came in after it fell apart. Right, hold on. Let me let me see if I got. Why the... do I feel like an eighth grade fucking history teacher <laughs> with this fucking lying prick? And we and then we wanted to stop the spread of communism coming in from China and the North Vietnamese. So we wanted to help the South. Vietnamese. Yeah, we thought it was the domino thing that if South Vietnam would have look at how cocky and happy he is. <laughs> I handed in my worksheet on time. <laughs> oh, please. I'd like to see you fucking explain the Vietnam War. I'd like to see him fucking explain his own personal life back there. <laughs> at, at that Arab fucking hostel he's living at. Do you, do you just rent a room from this family? It's, do you walk through their kitchen to get to bed? No, I've never seen this. It's a house, but there's apartments in it. Like I, on the out, I don't know how it's bigger on the inside than on the outside. <laughs> Do you walk through their home no. like a B and B? No, that's you have the your thing. own entrance. Yes. Now, does the entrance just go to your apartment, nowhere else? We have the same entrance, like like a door to a building, but then I go up some stairs, and there's my uh, studio. <laughs> this you act like you're a recording artist. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get back to the studio immediately. I'm going to lay down some tracks. I got some sessions for later. So today. this little girl that made out with you, right? You said it was all her, right? Yes. Do you think that they've almost like suppressed her so much that this was her first alone shot at a white boy? I maybe, but when I don't know what people are picturing, but when they picture like somebody from the Middle East, this is not like the same. Like she's very modern. The whole family is pretty modern, right? It's a modern family. But why did she leap at you and start making out? <laughs> well, we were talking for a while. Plus, we were on um, sort of like a swing thing on the front porch, oh, so God, she no. had the leverage. Where were you? Why? What? She, she had the leverage here. <laughs> I'm from a story. There are no swing sets there. <laughs> there right? Did she get any tit from you? <laughs> it's padded. Yeah. So she gets you on the swing. She's We're just fucking chatting it up. Yeah, she confuses you with her Palestine fucking ways. And the next thing you know, she's making out with you. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm on the radio. I'm just pretty much running things. <laughs> That's okay. Whatever you gotta say. What a, you can come in here and we'll call you Masa if you need to. I don't give a shit. I'll fucking wingman for you. When are you bring her by? 
I prom- I don't see her that much. Right. Thing. Does she live? Where does she live? Does she live in that house? Yes, but it, it, he's terrified. I don't go through the living room. <laughs> Here's what. How he's, often do you see the people in your building? All the but, time. I live in a nice building. Now, does she like look out the window at you and see you smoking cigarettes on the front <laughs> step and talking to your greaser buddies? <laughs> Like she, had she seen you before? Yeah, we've had, we've passed by each other a few times. And you always thought first, that she was hot. First time we ever had a conversation. Really. Right? Did you get her number? So she's been macking you for a little bit. You just didn't know about it. I guess so. Yeah. If this is discovered, are you going to be put out of the building? I think so, but that's why I mentioned like he's such a nice guy that I feel weird. Like, yeah, you'll see what a nice guy is when you're trying to stick your yeah, yeah, stick your fucking filthy white penis and yes, your fucking cut dick and his (laughs) lovely little daughter. You know how they are about their daughters over there. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, she'll probably get killed before you. (laughs) Yeah, they're both gonna get stoned. They'll think you're out to the fucking swing set and hit her in the head with a brick. Yes, like when the land, I guess the realtor or whatever is showing me, like, oh yeah, he has five daughters, he just wants to meet you first, and then like, we were talking, like, oh yeah, I have like five daughters, and then we were kind of had a laugh, like, oh yeah, I better stay away from, ha ha ha, okay, oh, then you give me the key. It. Yeah, then you've broken that thing, you're with Jasmine. This is like Scarface when Manny was with Tony's sister. Nothing. Get- That's the second time today <laughs> that you've attempted to bring a fucking Oliver Stone premise into the real world. It, it, I thought it applied. I mean, look, Platoon. You always think. The last days of Vietnam. Hey, why didn't you? Why didn't you say to Rory Kennedy? I remember that when your uncle was murdered. What was going on down there with Oliver Stone in New Orleans? And then after we uh, made out, we shared a joint. Oh, like like savages a couple years ago. Oh, no, I kissed my ass. Seriously, he's right. You're the biggest dick ever. No, I'm on point. I know all about okay, Oliver Stone. Okay, on point. Platoon again, right? Yes, thank you. Rock and roll on point, babe. Daddy O. What's that supposed to mean? What'd you do? Put on the doors? Like in the movie, The Doors? <laughs> Was that part of the soundtrack, Rory? Huh? You're back to Rory again? Kennedy? Yeah, Scoble. this is about Shelby now. Shelby kissed my ass with his bullshit story. Why is that a bullshit story? I don't believe him now because he's busting my balls. Look, I'm very happy for him. He's found love. You know, I just don't want him to punch this girl in an elevator. That's what I'm afraid of. You know, because he gets things off of TV. He'll, she'll probably she'll cover for him though. Very subservient in that culture. <laughs> what makes you think you know anything about anything? I live in a very Muslim neighborhood, part of Astoria. Yeah, and a lot of women just walk behind the men all the time. It's ridiculous. So, and, and we're in the uh, what is it Hunjab? What is it? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking. The whole about. The, you go and see the eyes. Hijab. Hijab. Thank you. Hunjab. Hey, you look like you got a nice Hunjab going there, honey. <laughs> There's Hunjab stores in my neighborhood. All sorts of different colors. There are. Well, what's your favorite color? Red. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've thought about it a little bit. Sure. I uh, I just hope it works out for you, Shelby. Thanks. I'd love to see you fucking pray to Mecca six times a day. <laughs> I'd never stop laughing. Why aren't you throwing it to break? <laughs> you just see my head coming up and down. Dude, I'm going to tell you this. If you started praying in Mecca and you bend over like that in this building, you'll get mounted. Because I think even Eugene Merman was 
giving them the sexy runaround yesterday. They all want a piece of this one. Who doesn't? They want that mouth. It's fucking man. gorgeous. And then you're like, oh, but I'm ugly. No. <laughs> you know what? You, you know what? This is the truth about Shelby. He's our Lana Del Rey. Where we're like, why is he complaining? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Lana Del Rey is this incredibly hot girl who, like, if you ever seen her in an interview, she acts like, I don't know, people don't like me, I guess, because I'm so skanky and ugly. I just what? do music for me. I, music, when I sing, it kind of hurts a little bit because I'm so exhausted all the time. From the darkness inside and outside my body. Chill out, Lana Del Rey. All right? <laughs> Things are going okay for all right? you. We saw her here when that one day when she was in the fishbowl. So yeah. great. Yeah, I know. Uh, that was before she really broke, though. Yeah, that was just like when video games was getting popular. Um, it was a really weird. Rob Cross tried to, like, brought her over to me and she'd be like, hey, you guys are doing an interview. And I'm like, why would I want to do an interview with this kid? Yeah, she and then the next thing you know, she's like the hottest thing out there in hipster rock. Yeah. She did that. The hipsters have backlashed on her, haven't they? She had like a really bad uh, performance, like Glastonbury's, some festival in in Europe. And but then they also find out that her life was a lot better. Like, you know, it's not like she was Tom Waits's daughter the way she was letting on at first. I think like her backstory was fabricated. You know, it was, mm -hmm. it's just just a character. She's like playing. your whole fucking generation. I first heard of her because she was on like SNL, but her performance was just like really boring and she didn't do anything. And like everybody was shitting on her, and you never really hear people talking about the musical performance. That's that because much. I'm like, well, that, first of all, that's untrue. All you do is follow Twitter, plenty and of they it. attack whoever. But she was already like people were mad that she got that shot even before it happened. And apparently the record company has to buy your way onto that thing. And it wasn't that bad. It really was But wasn't. I always like the hipster backlash. Like, there's a hipster backlash against Sublime now from the 90s, you know, where people are just furious about the people who still listen to Sublime. It's good. Bradley was a great guy, and he made good music. It was, it was Yeah, but a music. lot of people get hated because of their audience. Like, their audience annoys people so much that people turn it on the artist. That's ridiculous because it's like a crossover act like Sublime, where like everyone likes Sublime at some point. Everyone was listening, and, and that's why there's a backlash. That's what happens when something gets so popular. Like everyone liked Shelby when he got here, and now everyone <laughs> just can't. Now people call him, you know, Arab stalker. Yeah, the Arab stalker is the worst. Right. I, I I feel like I want I started the backlash against him. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm backlashing against that. I thought you were so cool at first, and now I've turned it. What um, what country is her people from? Do you know? I'm not sure. You gotta find that. out. When's the next time you you two take a swing under the apple tree? <laughs> you fucking Midwestern weirdo. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, Dubai. Where's Where she from? We're taking her out for a fucking some pie and some milk. Falafel. There will be lamb involved. That's for sure. Do we falafels? Um, no. You it's eat good. on the street at all? Sometimes, yeah. What do you normally order? I, I order any... I, all I eat is takeout. I do not own a plate. <laughs> Why would that be something to brag about? I mean, it's I, just a fact. I own plates, Ron, and he doesn't. How, 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 how the tables have turned. Look who's the <laughs> asshole now, right? Look, who's look the, who owns plates now. Look at this trashy, plateless dick. <laughs> the, whose life is all he got? Are you forkless or you at least keep a fucking plastic fork at your side? They give you forks. 
So you hold on to those? You clean them and keep them? Yeah. Homeless people. No, do I don't that. clean them. You I have like little, little, little tiny salts and peppers at your house, <laughs> little ketchups. You have anything in your refrigerator at all? Uh, there's some assorted things. Nothing, like what? Nothing, nothing like ingredients. <laughs> so what's in there? Like an apple? A half a sandwich, <laughs> uh, some leftover I know, this Chinese. Bird can't finish anything. <laughs> any, any food that's brought in here, he'll grab the scraps and bring them home. <laughs> what do you normally eat every day? I usually candy and sandwiches. <laughs> candy and sandwiches. <laughs> Candy and sandwiches, the Shelby Lynn story. <laughs> sandwiches, it's all right there for you. You don't need a... Right. Now you don't need that plastic fork of yours. You can keep it clean. You I like keep, finger foods. Keep it clean for the night. Chris, what I need to be plugging before we uh, you know, end up getting out of here today? Oh, well, uh, the Todd Glass on Mass is coming up at 3 p.m. It's really, really funny, man. And then there's a uh, replay of the Mike Birbiglia takeover at 7. Jeez. Yeah. How many times is this guy going to take over? <laughs> Easy, Mike. He's like Scarface, right? Everybody likes Mike. Yeah, Mike Birbiglia's great. He has a resemblance to someone in our booking department also. <laughs> I thought he sounded and looked exactly like this person. Liam. Yes, everyone realizes the only person that's the same age and gender of him is Liam. And that's probably all you've seen. Someone who's about Liam's age, so you say he looks like and acts like Liam. Oh, God, yeah. It freaked me out. You saw a middle-aged guy yesterday on the street and yelled out leads and tried to hug him. <laughs> What's up with that booking, dude? That's what the kind of shit you say to him? What's up with that booking, dude? <laughs> <laughs> All right, over on the iBank 2, uh, the Kendall Jenner nude. Meme from the headlines signs your bus, drive, uh, your bus driver is too young. Um, and, of course, that uh, nude scene box that we were talking about yesterday. That was very, very exciting. Uh, this, of course, is Lou Reed singing your Satellite of Love. Big thanks uh, to uh, Jim, Big J, and Mike for being in today. Highlander. Just a couple days away from the Thursday night game already. <laughs> it's wild. It's just constant football this year. Nonstop, man. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, ev for everybody but Ray Rice. That's it for us, guys. We'll see you back in here tomorrow. Enjoy, uh, Mr. Lou Reed. And uh, we will see you tomorrow in the AM. Take care. And that's the end of my show. Donk. I've been told that you've been bold with Harry, Mark, and John. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the sky. That drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV 
you've been doing you've been listening to the ron and fez show it's now over but don't worry you can listen again and again on sirius xm on demand go to sirius xm.com slash on demand listen to ron and fez whenever you want go to sirius xm.com slash on demand